What up, what up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to the Spun Today podcast, the only podcast that is anchored in writing, but unlimited in scope. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I appreciate you listening. This is episode 246 of the Spun Today podcast, and I am feeling a bit under the weather, but I didn't want to leave you all hanging. With Veterans Day coming up in a couple weeks here in the US, I thought it would be the perfect time to re-release this previously recorded episode with one of my close friends, Abi Gonzalez. He is a military veteran of the US Army, and it's a really, really good episode. Dark at times, sad at times, happy at others. Abi walks us through everything from A to Z, from when he made the decision to enlist in the military, to going through boot camp, including, spoiler alert, someone committing suicide because they couldn't hack it, no disrespect intended, fights and trials and tribulations within the group of, of soldiers themselves being deployed to Afghanistan multiple times, being in combat, what that was like, life after the military, so on and so forth. It's a really, really good episode. If you didn't hear it before, then this is definitely a great time to take a listen. The original release date was October 31st, 2019. So it's a few years ago. Abby has been on the podcast since in the uh, Growing Up Dominicans episode, if you guys want to check that out as well. But I'm going to leave it there and jump right into the episode because it is a long one. So without further ado, here is the re-release episode of Abismael Gonzalez, Military Veteran. What's cracking, folks? Welcome to episode 138 of the Spun Today podcast, the podcast that is anchored in writing but unlimited in scope. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I appreciate you listening. I have a treat for you in this episode. It was definitely a treat for me. It was... No lie for me, my favorite Spun Today podcast to date. So I'm sure you folks will appreciate it as well. My boy Abi joins us, Abismael Gonzalez, and he is a veteran of the United States Army. I've been wanting to have him on for some time, and we finally made the time to sit down. And I feel like we did an Ari Shafir, Skeptic Tank-esque type of show, if anybody that listens to this show has heard Skeptic Tank, uh, Ari Shafir's podcast. He, what he normally does is that he takes a deep dive into a specific subject with the guests that he has on. So this episode is my version of that, but with taking a deep dive into Abby's experiences within the army. And we go through things like what made him initially want to join the army which was a funny story on how he wound up in the army versus the Marines. And we speak about his first time getting to basic training and seeing a couple of drill sergeants approach the bus that he and his fellow privates were on. And we speak about all those nascent moments in his army career to his first deployment to Afghanistan. Mind you, he joined the army in August of 2001 pre 9-11 before any of us had the slightest idea of how the events of 9-11 would obviously shape and change the world and uh he was deployed 
to Afghanistan for 12 months, a full year before returning home, when then he was deployed to Iraq for 15 months, over a year. We get into the nitty gritty of things like, where do you take a shit when you're in Afghanistan in the middle of the desert? Spoiler alert, there's no toilets. There's no uh, indoor plumbing set up in a war zone. And we cover things like gunfights and shootouts and the unfortunate ramifications of casualties of war and a bunch of other shit, folks. This is definitely a dope episode. You're all going to definitely enjoy it. And I hope you are as fascinated as I was when recording it when you guys listen. Again, Abby, thank you very much for doing this episode. And above all else, thank you very much for your service. And without further ado, we're going to jump right into the episode. But first, a very quick way that you fine folks can help support the Spun Today podcast, if you so choose. You know that feeling that you get on a Monday when you're sad because the weekend is over and you have nothing to look forward to except for lunch? Have no fear, the Midday Monday Boost Letter is here. And you might be thinking, what is the Midday Monday Boost Letter? Sounds like a mouthful. And it is, but it's also more than that. I put together this absolutely free newsletter that I email to all my subscribers every Monday at noon to spread a little joy and happiness. If you choose to subscribe, all you have to do is go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and drop in your email address. And what you'll get is five things. You'll get a photo of the week, which who doesn't like looking at dope pictures? You'll also get a podcast of the week. I listen to dozens and dozens of podcasts every single week from a wide variety of shows. And I cherry pick the very best ones and share them with you as my recommendation for that week. Also in the Midday Monday Boost Letter, you will find a video of the week, which could be anything from a cool online recipe that I found to a rap battle to a TED talk or a dope interview. I also share a quote of the week, a little food for thought, as well as a word of the week for my fellow wordsmiths out there. Again, this is all absolutely free, and you can get my newsletter by going to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe, drop in your email address, and you will get the very next one. Hello, Billy. We are recording. All right. So, Abby Smiley Gonzalez. Hello, how you doing? Chilling, chilling. It's been about, what, 12 years now? 16 years in the making? You've been asking me? Yeah, (laughs) finally. (laughs) Finally got some, uh, a little opening to slide in. Yeah. (laughs) Slide up in the DMs. (laughs) All right, so, you know what I was thinking about, actually? When I met you... Through Steven, obviously. And it was... I remember specifically... Because I, I, like, saw you, I, I think, like, a few times. Like, hi, bye type shit. Like, growing up. And then... But there was, like, one... I don't know if you remember. It was, like, one summer. Or... I don't even know if it was summer. But it was hot out. That we actually, like, bonded. And, we, like, we became cool. Which was when we went to Six Flags. I don't know yes. if you remember that. It was raining like crazy. I don't remember no. it raining. I just remember it was the... <clears throat> It was whenever the Lincoln Park CD came out, Crawling was like mad popular. 
And yes, we, yes. we like bonded on that. And I was like, oh shit, somebody else likes this beside me. I'm not weird. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And I always remember that. I don't know why. But, but I was thinking about that the other day. That's crazy. That was. Was that the summer? That, that was before that was the army, I think. Yeah, that obviously, yeah. No. But was that like the summer that I was leaving or was that the year before? Because I remember I used to go all the time with uh, Ashrin or and Steven. I think and it was the year before. Because I remember you, me, Steven, Elaine. Was Doris there? Maybe. Yeah, Maybe. I think I know. Maybe. I don't remember, though. But I don't remember who else was there but besides those four. But there was more people, though, because it was like a, like like a bigger Peter group. and Pito. Pito was like about five Maybe foot. Pito. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yes, yes, yes. That was the day <laughs> of a thunderstorm. I oh, remember fuck. that day. We bought, like, we won, like, humongous M&M peluches. I think so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's crazy, though. So... Thank you for being on, first of all. No, no, thank you for having me. And for those that don't know, Avi is cousins with my best friend, Steven, who's been on the podcast a couple of times in the past. And he is also a veteran of the United States Army. Right? Is that the right terminology? Or still? Yes, yes. But more fitting, I am the reigning defending fantasy football champion. <laughs> sure. Can you please? That is true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get yeah. to the meat and potatoes of things. <laughs> I'm on a good run, actually. The last, like, two weeks, which I don't know if that's considered yeah, a run. You, you beat me <laughs> last week because five of my players died. Nah. They literally died in the middle, though. It was, like, perfect timing for me. I was literally in last place. You were in first place. And that, just that win for me and, like, loss for you, like, bumped me up. Like, normally, like, if you win a game or something, you might get bumped up, like, like one, le- like, from 12th place to 11th or something. But since I beat the first place person, like, I got bumped up to 7th. <laughs> you know, as long as I'm making yeah, everybody like around me spots. better, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. That's my life motto. Yeah, man. Um, but, yeah, yo. My, I'm very interested in, like, Army stuff. And I, I gotta get Steven on. We always say that we're gonna we're gonna do it. And you haven't got him on it. Not not to friend. not to speak about army shit. So and I don't want to like push either. You know what I mean? Because I know that's like that could be like a touchy subject for some people. You know, something people don't want to speak about. Um, but it's still fascinating to me, and definitely I'm sure to like some of the listeners that that are, are gonna eventually hear this. I don't know. I just wanna like know what your experience was like. Anything that again that you want to get into that you can't get into. And just like see your perspective on shit from basic training or even before then, like the why you decided to join up in the first place and how it was like literally the first day when you walk in, like, is it like Fart's Gump when he's like, <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like in his face, like, you maggot, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like all that stuff that we see in movies. It's funny because um, my job um, literally asked me. To uh, be thinking, because you know November 11th is the upcoming of Veterans Day, and uh, they asked some of the veterans to give a blog and stuff like that, and not a blog, but like they gave me a questionnaire, and they're gonna put it in their their blog and the media stuff. Uh, so mm. it's funny. I literally turned it in. I, they gave me an 11 questionnaire, and I filled it out today, and I found some pictures there that I found stuff from me overseas, and I sent it out today actually. So. It's funny that we actually got to do this today. Yo, so. if you if you have those pictures that you don't mind, like uh, send them to me also, and I'll put them on the website for this specific episode. All right. So people could like follow along at spuntley.com 
forward slash podcast forward slash 138. I think this is episode 138 when it comes out. Damn, man. You take 137 episodes before me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 138's <laughs> the charm. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. Like uh, you have to ask me questions, and then I, I would I would respond to it. All right. So first off, tell me why you decided to join up in the first place. Was it? I mean, I know, like joining the army or join, when people join the army, it's usually in high school, junior, senior year, like around that like time frame when <laughs> we're still kind of like kids, growing, you know, about to transition to quote unquote being adults. You know, people are trying to figure out going into college or joining like the the services like you did, or you know, starting jobs, and you know, it's like a like a transitional period in in our lives, and we're also young and not familiar, not like we don't have the we don't know how to deal with shit. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah. Um, so, like, what made you decide to join? So, no bullshit, right? This is off the record. Yeah. Um, no, be honest. Don't <laughs> um, <laughs> So, it was my senior year. I had just graduated high school. I was currently working... Which high school? Uh, Harry Van Arsdale in Brooklyn. It's no longer there. I was always on... It's not there anymore? It's now, like, four different schools. When I went there, it was on um, probation. Like, we had, like... We didn't have, like, school safety. We had NYPD cops. It was a really bad <laughs> Damn. school. It was, like, like, Lane. They did that in Lane, actually. Franklin K. Lane. That they split it up into, like, four schools. That's yeah, probably why. Yeah, it's weird. It's crazy. Um... So I just finished graduating um, high school. Is that where you went with my band? With, with Jessica, my cousin Jessica? Is that the same school? It's in the north side. I don't know. I don't know Jessica? Know. No, probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just finished graduating. It's the summer. Um, and I was working for Pathmark in the Frozen department. I remember, remember that. that. Steven was a cajera. He was the only male cajera. <laughs> Out of 25 lanes, he was the only male cajera. <laughs> Um, I'm glad you remember that. Wow, I, I completely forgot about that. I completely <laughs> forgot about that until you just mentioned it. So I was actually got promoted to be a manager in the frozen department. And my friends, they called me. They're like, yo. Uh, how, long, how long were you working there at that point? When I you got promoted? I like a year and a half. I started off as a cart guy. So I was like the crazy kid pulling all the carts in the parking lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, they saw how good of a worker I was, a hard worker. And they put me in the frozen department. In the produce department, and then they put me in the frozen department, and then they promoted me to a manager there. But and like I didn't really like it, obviously. Mm-hmm. That was not my calling. Um, so one day it's the summer. My friends, that I, my best friends when I was growing up through high school, uh, they called me up and they're like, "Yo, um, let's play softball." I'm like, "Nah, I gotta go to work." They're like, "Don't go." I like, you know what? I hate my job. So, yeah, <laughs> I will quit my job today to play softball. <clears throat> nice. I was basically looking for any little excuse to just play softball. And uh, we played softball. It was great. I won. Um, but then the next morning, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, shit, I have no fucking job. Did you call and quit or you just didn't show up? Yeah, I just called and quit. I literally, I hate quitting. I've never quitted anything in my life. Um, and, like, but I knew that that wasn't for me. Like I'm like I'm I'm 17, 18 years old. I'm like this is not me. Yeah. Um, and uh, Stephen came downstairs one time because he was living upstairs, and he mm. was like, "Yo, I just talked to a recruiter, an army recruiter, and um, I think I'm going to go to the army." I'm like, "Stephen, you're a pretty boy. You little like you're like four feet three. <laughs> you're chubby. Stop. Man. You're not going anywhere." 
I said, you know what, man? You like Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> exactly. Come on. I said, you know what? Call that guy back. Because growing up, I used to always love wars and social studies and, and, and all this stuff, history. Like you were like fascinated with like stories about it and stuff? fascinated. Like I, I feel like I was born in a different era. Like I, I feel like I was reincarnated from like the warrior days, like 300, Dang. or Braveheart. Like, like that, that was just me. Like I was- You like, like drawn to that? Drawn to it from since I was like a little baby. So I was like, you know what? I'm not doing anything. I just quit my job. I'm unemployed. And uh, I'm going to go to the army. Another reason was because uh, my mother, God rest her soul, she was uh, a single rest parent. Peace, Margie. Yeah, man. Uh, she was a single parent. Had two boys. Um, never took any government help and stuff like that. And uh, she had two houses under her name at the point at the time. And uh, I tried to go for financial aid, and they were willing to give me a whopping five hundred dollars a year. Wow, a year, not a even year. a semester. Yeah, yeah. You heard <laughs> no. correctly. It was one year. <laughs> Five hundred dollars. Uh, my mother had busted her ass. Which in college you could probably like buy like two books. With <laughs> exactly <that>. used. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, to use the textbook. Yeah, I got accepted to like Kingsborough and Queens College, and uh, I was like, I went what? to Kingsborough actually for for. I think I spent like almost two years there. But before before I finished the two years, I transferred to Baruch to the four four year school. Nice. That's where my cousin yeah. went to. Mm. So I was like, my mother busted her her ass for so many years. Uh, growing up in Brooklyn uh, with two boys by herself, you know, with her or brothers and sisters, you know, because it takes a bit to, to, to raise kids and stuff yeah, like absolutely. that. Especially and, uh, your, your family's like mad deep. Mm-hmm. It's like super big. Everybody's family's like, all you got, like brother and sister. Yeah. We're very That's close. why I've always liked that about your family. Like all the like cousins and stuff seem like really, really close. Like brother and sister close, you know what yes, I mean? Yes, yes. Every, everybody, every, they used to like take a, like, just choose like, oh, this weekend we're gonna go to Nana's house in the in in in, in uh, Washington Heights. The next week is gonna be in Ana Maria's house in Queens, or in my mother's house and stuff like that. So like every time, like we were, we thank God we grew up really close. Yeah. And to this day, you know, the cousins are really close and stuff like that. Unfortunately, some of us are passing away, but I mean that's life. That's life, man. Yep. Um. So I decided I was like, I'm not gonna put that burden on my mother. My mother's like, absolutely not. You're not going to the army. No, I will. I will work another job, whatever, blah blah blah, to put this ends me. And the funny thing was that every time I used to behave bad, mommy was like, "I'm gonna call you the army and I'm gonna send you to military school." Yeah. <laughs> and then day comes, <laughs> she's like, "Nah, nah, and you're nah. like, okay, I wanna go." <laughs> like, no, no, I was kidding, I was kidding. <laughs> Bullshit. <clears throat> um, I swear to God, so it happened just like that. Stephen called him back, and he was like, "Yo, I got a cousin." And at the time, Stephen couldn't join because he was so young. So he was like, basically did like a commitment. He was like, uh, once I graduate next year, I'll join. But when I remember that because he was a uh, Stephen was a, a junior when he started like like wanting to join and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I think I remember telling me something like, since he he like forwarded you when he does go in, he'll like get something. Yeah, he got promoted. He was like an E two. So he was already like 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 hustling, <laughs> hustling from junior year, like yeah. s- selling army signatures. <laughs> but fucking. But I remember that when before Steven joined, like he he, he actually got like focused with. We used to um like order Domino's like all the time and watch movies and stuff <laughs> in my basement, me him and my brother. And when he joined the army, like we still used to do that, me and my brother. And then he used to be like, "Fuck, man, I can't eat that stuff." And then he used to go to like Victory Field to like run. And he actually like started getting like focused and dedicated. And I always uh, thought that was dope. Yeah, man. Like as soon as Stephen called him, and he was like, "What? He's of age? All right, let's go get take him a test and let's get him to take the ASVAB." We went to Brooklyn, we went to Fort Hamilton. What is that? As as what? 
It's an entry test. Basically, like it's written about, test or yeah. like physical? <clears throat> oh, okay. A written test to give you a, basically, you know, you're not dumb and stuff. It's mostly like reading comprehension, English, uh, math, and engineering. Like, obviously, Damn. I failed that. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, I, I scored really high. And uh, it's funny because that, that when we're in, in, in uh, Fort Hamilton, they have all the branches there. So they have the Navy, they have the Marines, Air Force. And where is that, Fort Hamilton? It's in uh, right underneath the Barrazano Bridge. Oh, you pass by it every, almost every. If you ever go that way. Oh, in, in Brooklyn. Yeah, right by the belt. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> and we're there. We take the test, and uh, as we're waiting for our, our results, me and Stephen went. You get it the same day, the results. Yeah. Uh, to and see like, where you actually enter it. Ah, okay, okay. And like which. Like job when you get into the army or like what like love like I I I might get confused but I know when you go there they 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 tell you all right which branch you want to be into and I was like like army marines I was like, Navy. I, was like I want marines man I want mm-hmm. marines that's where you grow up you see the commercials the fuel yeah. crowd and there was this uh, female sergeant from the army she took a liking to me. And she, she dropped a pencil in front of you <laughs> picked it up I was like I'm she literally where is followed she me the whole tour. I said, like, you don't want to do that. No, no, you don't want to do that. I was like, no, nah, why not? She's uh, like, I want, I want to kick indoors. Yeah. Oh, the Marines is for you. So I go to, and she's like, no, but at least give it a try for the Army. So I go to the Army guy recruiter first because she was in the Army. All I know now, probably she was in the She was probably a paid actress. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> when, <laughs> she probably has both uniforms in the back. When there's too many people on the Army side, go wear a, a Marine's yeah, uniform. and then it's clicking now. The lights... <laughs> The lights are coming on. <laughs> and uh, he looked at my ASVAB score. So, yes, I, that's what I knew. We took the ASVAB, the ASVAB first, and then you can choose what branch. And then depending on your score, you can pick what jobs uh, within that branch that you can you can qualify for. Gotcha. Okay. So the recruiter there for the Army, he's like, oh, my God, you scored really, really high, man. Um, what do you want to do, man? You could be whatever you want to do, whatever. I was like, I want to kick indoors. I want to be SWAT. He was like, oh, so you want to be infantry? I was like, I have no idea what infantry yeah. meant at the time. <laughs> you just know SWAT like from cop yes. movies and like, mm-hmm. stuff like that, right? Like, I want to shoot and I want to kick indoors and I want to kill things. <laughs> and she's like, no, you don't want to do that. You want to be supply like me. I was like, what the hell is supply? It sounds gay as hell. <laughs> yeah. And that sounds like not fun at all. He's like, oh, you deliver the, bu- the beans and bullets and blah, blah. I'm like, no, nah, absolutely not. Like, like, man, the delivery enjoy. boys for the guys that are really, <clears throat> exactly. really doing the work. You deliver the goods to the infantry. <laughs> I was like, all right, nah. So I want infantry. Then I look if you. I'm like, but I really want the Marines, man. He's like, look, man, if you join the middle of the infantry right now, mind you, this is August first, two thousand one. Mm-hmm. He's like, we're willing to give you twenty thousand dollars cash and thirty thousand dollars for school. I was like, when? Um, like after? You get like the ten thousand dollars as soon as you graduate boot camp and you go to your base, and then every year, every increment, you get like a two five thousand dollars until you make the twenty. Okay, okay. And then the thirty is automatic for, like for college, like after you get out. Yeah, nice. So I was like, damn, man, but I really want to go to the Marines. So I was like, all right, man, uh, go and uh, I respect that. Whatever, the contract is still here, so I go to the Marines side. He's my score. Oh, you a smart boy. So I'm like, yeah. So how much are you guys willing to give me? He's like, no, this is a dedication. You serve here. Like, this is your. We don't give bonuses. <laughs> this is a volunteer yeah, thing. It's, <laughs> like, it's, it's an honor to be a, like. Like, all right, come on, right, man. man I'll be back. 
I'm gonna come back over here right quick. <laughs> and that's how I ended up in the infantry in the army. Damn, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's pretty dope. Now, how how soon after? So you signed the contract right then and there. August first, yes. So you signed it. That's it. You're part of the army. Um, not really. So the thirtieth was the day that they actually picked me up from my house. August thirtieth, they picked me up from my house. But what did they tell you that day? Like sign on the dotted line, boom, and then what? Like on they, the thirtieth, we're gonna pick you up. I'm gonna send you to Atlanta, Georgia, go to boot camp and rock and roll. Damn. Mm -hmm. And what do they tell you? Like, <clears throat> like words of but advice to do? I right there. And I was like, wait, wait, let me give. <laughs> I never warned my brother. I never warned my mother. Nobody knew what the hell was going on. Oh, I did that in a shit. Like, my brother will still tell you to this day. He's like, I've been never even consulted to me about this. Damn. I literally called them. Because you know they, they, they were trying to like yes. hold you back. No. And uh, <clears throat> so I was like, no, 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 no. I want, I want to go like in the end of the month. You know, get four weeks off and, you know, and like break it down to my mom and stuff like that. So... Yeah, and, and they started. said it was cool. Mm -hmm. That's nuts. So tell me, so you went you went over there with Stephen, just you two, to to for to, Hamilton? No, to take the test and stuff like that. Yes, day. we went together. So on the way back, what you guys do? Oh, so it was hilarious. Um, uh, it's me and Stephen and the recruiter. He's driving us back, and he's like, "Wow, man, you guys got some high scores, man." And Stephen, what job did you pick? He's like, oh, "I pick artillery." He's like, oh, man, that's awesome, man. You're going to be shooting rockets and, and all that stuff. It's, it's great, man. It's like explosions and all that stuff. Abby, what, what did you get? I was like, infantry? He's like, oh. Oh. Um, <laughs> I mean, that, uh, uh, that, that's cool, I guess. I, <laughs> At that point, you, you had like, oh, shit moment. Like, like, oh, fuck. Did uh, I fuck up? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I'd never regretted that infantry is either your infantry or not. I mean, like, the last time I saw an army movie, they never did anything about supply or anything yeah everything is infantry so nah that is true it's all like the like the front line <laughs> exactly dudes. it's like really do you want to go to the military and be like yeah i was in the army band <laughs> uh, i played the shit played out that flute <laughs> <laughs> you know if you're gonna do it man you go in or go or go hard you know don't do nothing at all man i mean respect to the people you know they they do need to deliver us some <laughs> true it takes like. a village and army too <laughs> exactly. right <laughs> But um, um, so after the the recruiter dropped you guys off uh, at home, yes. And then what? Like, um, tell me about like telling me saying that on your mom. All right, so I told my moms, and uh, she didn't believe me. Did not believe me. How'd you tell her? Do you remember? I was like, mommy, uh, I showed her the the pamphlets. I'm like, mommy, I'm gonna be in New York, I'm going to the army. She was like, whatever, man, you're not going nowhere. My like, mom, I'm serious. She's like, don't be lying to me. Damn. I'm like, mom, isn't that what you want? I mean, like, I'm like, she's like, I would have, I would have done everything to pay for your college and all this stuff. And why do you do this to me? You're gonna leave me alone, and it's, it's crazy. I'm like, mommy, I'm gonna do four years. I'm gonna pay for my own college. I'm gonna get to see the world, which is bullshit because I was in New York, <laughs> which is seven month, seven hours away. It was, I didn't know it was like the tip of New York. I didn't hey, know yeah. New York was that w big. Watertown. Yeah, Watertown, New York, <laughs> in Fort Drum, and um. I'm like, mommy, I'm going to do four years. Like, the last war we had was like 11 days old. I mean, 11 <laughs> days, like, it's, it's the Gulf War. Nobody saw anything. Uh, nothing's going to happen. And the next day, 9-11. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's exactly how it went. And like, I, I, I got to... Well, but before, before, before that, though, um, so after you told your mom, she finally, like, got it or whatever. When she saw the recruiter come to my house. On the 30th? She bawled. 
Oh, fuck. She bald. What, what did Vicente say, though, before before you left? Like, like, when you told him the first time? He, he thought I was bullshit, and he was like, nah, stop playing, man. Fuck out of here. That's funny. Whatever. And uh, he was like, you sure you want to do this? Why'd you do it? I'm like, I don't know. I like wars, and I, <laughs> I like to fight. I don't know. I want to do something. And uh, he was like, he's always been supportive about me. Yeah. Like, I could be like, yo, I'm a fucking... Do whatever And just fucking be like Alright man Alright I support you Hit me uh, up if anything Exactly <laughs> Yeah you know I'm gonna get married At the age of 19 With my high school sweetheart Yeah yeah go ahead It's fine <laughs> So what's gonna happen That, that always works out <laughs> <laughs> So Yeah he's always been supportive And stuff like that Yeah um, I mean once my mom Saw the recorder And she saw that Shit was real She uh yeah, she bought. How'd you feel like the night before? Do you remember the night before the recorder picked up? Oh man! So the night, the night before they take us to this hotel. It used to be called the Staten Island Hotel, right in the Staten Island. Also, oh, yeah, the night before, yeah, you already leave your house. You say yeah, bye to everybody. The night, yeah. So my flight was Damn. on the thirtieth. So they really picked me up on the 29th. Okay. On the thirtieth, they picked us up. No, no, the 29th, they picked us up. They took us to Staten Island Hotel, and. A bunch of us are there, like a bunch of recruits and stuff like that. And we're bugging out in the hotel. Everything's paid for. And then the next morning is like the last meal, man, like in death row. Like if I get a picture of death row, it would have been like that. You know, nobody's talking in breakfast. You can actually hear the... Uh, the silverware. Exactly. Clinking and clanking. <laughs> Everybody's wearing their army recruiting shirts on. I was like, oh, God. Is that those green shirts that say army on it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At that time, I, I, it was like a like a cool ass badass shirt, black, and fucking had like a ranger guy in the front with camo uh, painting his thing and stuff nice. like that. And uh, it was like it was it was very shocking. It was like oh shit, what the fuck? like how many how many people were there? I would say like about twenty, twenty five guys. Did you know anybody? Absolutely. Or, not. Okay. No. Um, once we got to the airport, that's when they were like, all right, if you're gonna go to. A, uh, for Benning, that means your infantry, most of the guys, that's the infantry schoolhouse. You're going to be in this flight, and then everybody else is going to go to Oklahoma or whatever, Fort Sills, depending on what type of job they got. So that's when you start meeting your friends and stuff, like, you know, getting to know people. Yeah. It's when you're like, oh, shit, you chose infantry? Why? Dumbass. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, um, but actually, those are the, that was the last time I actually ever saw those guys. I've never seen really? them ever again. But weren't you guys in the same fort? In the same... <clears throat> we were in Fort Benning. Yeah, but we were in different, like... You never got to see them again. Like, it was like... It was like fort. that big? Like that's yeah. that mm -hmm. compartmentalized everybody? Yeah. Where Where's uh, Fort Benning? In Georgia? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. basic training, right? Yeah, it's basic training for the infantry schoolhouse. When, when you fly over there, is it like regular commercial flights? Or is it like yeah, army plane regular, or some no, shit? No, regular commercial flights. You land in Atlanta. Uh, then I remember we got there at like 1 o'clock in the morning. And then there's some humongous white buses, look like yellow school buses, but painted mm -hmm. white. They picked us up, and it's like two o'clock in the morning. We actually get to the to the actual boot camp. Everybody's sleeping. I'm just like, I'm nervous. And I see Does it look like in the movies, like you see people outside jogging and no, drizzling? No, two in the morning. No, no, oh, it, was, okay. it was it was it was like a ghost. Like town. a ghost town. And I saw these two drill sergeants with the hats, just like in TV, yeah. and they're walking out to us. I'm like. For some reason, when I get nervous, I just laugh like crazy. Like, everything is a joke to me. Yeah. 
I don't mean it to be like an asshole. So it's just like, that's what I do. I, yeah. I, like, I laugh. Everybody has their own like reaction to shit like that. And I'm laughing my ass off. I'm like, oh my God, look at it. It's like in TV. <laughs> and no shit, they come into the bus and like, everybody get the fuck out. Put your bags out. And they get all on us and they, they, uh, they just do a lot of exercises, which we call smoking. Right then and there? Yeah, outside of the bus. Right. You get out of the bus, you got to pick up your luggage, put it over your head and do that for about two hours. What? <clears throat> yeah, and then you go to your bed, and then they do the same thing. And about three hours later, that's when they uh, cut your hair and they give you all your equipment. What? Good night, Zaydi. And uh, yeah. so, what, when the first time when they get on the bus, they start like flipping out on you guys. <laughs> like, yes. what are your immediate like your immediate thoughts, your immediate reactions? Like, oh like, shit, this I is fucked fucking up. Cool. Or, really? Yeah. Damn. Cool. And I have a smile on my face. I'm like, oh shit, this is good. This is what I signed up for. This yeah. is what I expected. This is what I wanted. Yes. Nice. Um, and then, uh, you know, it was just like I said, I didn't find anything hard, but it was very. It made me the person I am, like right? it gave me the, all the discipline that I needed and the discipline, the structure, the like framework <clears throat> that you like have in life now. Like you're always exactly. gonna keep that with you. Exactly. Just like you know, family values, and then I got the army values as well, and it just completed me. It's like a, a dope combination. Mm-hmm. Now, in in basic training, like they make it. Like, do you know of people that like fell off? that didn't make it like at that point like is it as hard or harder than it looks on on tv like in movies and shit we had a, a guy commit suicide get the fuck out of here yeah uh like in that fucking metal jacket thing not Ooh. with a rifle but he went we weren't allowed to have our rifles with us oh i want to ask Overnight. you that too. hold on no, okay keep talking i just want to i don't want to uh, one of the kids he went downstairs and uh it was laundry night, and he decided to go to do laundry, and he never came back up. What he did was the next morning they found him, <clears throat> like hung with a with his uh, bed sheet. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah. Um, how how far into basic training? Yeah, we had a couple of months there. We had four or five months. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I thought the whole thing was three months. No, no. So, in the infantry schoolhouse, so basic training is about six months. And then you have three months depending on your job title. But if you're infantry, it's basic training the whole thing. Because <laughs> so, oh, you're basically learning how to shoot and how to do all this stuff. Everybody else, they learn how to shoot and all that stuff. And then they stop and then they learn their actual jobs. Like if you're going to be a cook, you learn how to cook. Yeah. If you're be a mechanic, you learn how to be a mechanic for like three months. Okay. Infantry is the whole way. So the, the guy that committed suicide, you know him? or uh, He was in another company, but we like... He was in another platoon, I'm sorry. Another platoon. Uh, there's four platoons to a company. I, I need, yeah, I was going to actually break that down. And uh, I was in one platoon, the kid who committed suicide. So four platoons to one company. Mm-hmm. How many people were soldiers in a platoon? <clears throat> About 30. So 30, 60, yeah, 90, 30, yeah. 40 were on them. To a platoon, yeah, 30. And how many companies in, like, what's the Four companies to a battalion. Battalion, there's about three battalions to a brigade. And then, like, how many brigades to division? Damn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's a lot of Deep. shitload of motherfuckers. <laughs> but, um, so he was in the same company, different platoon? Different platoon, yes. And are you guys, like, like roommates, kind of? Like, each platoon so, is in... Damn, I'm, 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 I think we can compare it to college dorms, where uh-huh. it's the first, there's four, there's two floors, right? On this mm-hmm. side is company one, two, platoon, first platoon, second platoon. Third platoon, fourth platoon. Okay. It's literally a hallway. 
so we always see each other. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, yeah, so whenever we're gonna do work exercise or we're gonna go eat and stuff, like you guys that. share like the same kitchen <laughs> yeah, or share, yeah. l- like lunchroom or whatever. Yeah, the lunchroom, mess hall. Is that yeah, is yeah. that the we call property? it the chow hall? Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Damn. Uh, and how how was that? Like how was like everybody's energy? Like once you guys found out, it was crazy. It's like, damn, we were, life. I mean. It, it, <laughs> It's like again, my outlook and and that was like, there's always something. This couldn't have been the worst thing in your life. Like, come on, really? Like, yeah. Because yeah. to you, it was like you, you were like, it seems to me like you took it in like a positive way. Like you signed up for this, you wanted this, you were like happy that it like met your. You probably would have been disappointed if you went on. And everybody was like, hey, hi, how you doing? Exactly, Let me show you to yeah. your room. You probably been like, oh fuck, it's not like I thought. <laughs> But this guy probably thought it was going to be, you know, I don't want to speak for him or speak ill of him or whatever, but he probably, like, had, like, the opposite view. Like, he thought it was going to be, like, an easier ride. Oh, yeah, I'll go do some exercise and get out or something. I think that the most shelter shock, the shell shock of most people is, like, getting your liberties taken away from you. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you told when to sleep, when to eat. When to shit, when to piss, damn. everything. Um, and it's... Being surrounded with men, it was like being in the infantry, we weren't a lot of females, so you got all that testosterone built up there, and it's like a jail house. Like, yeah, like the are on around, man. Like we're fighting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, were there fights? Like in the? Yeah, man, I got into three fights my own, my by myself. Get One the kid almost got got murdered. Why? <laughs> <laughs> that kid was like a, he looked like a he probably was like an active shooter couple of years later i don't know he was like that weird strange kid uh-huh and uh these probably a white kid with the glasses you know, or something that's exactly how it was <laughs> you met him <laughs> and these four black kids from uh texas houston texas they got you know they were really cool with each other they just didn't like this kid and one night they uh they they they, they held him down with a blanket and the other two they uh put a pillow over his head um, every night we always have a fire guard. So basically, one person stays up, make sure nobody does crazy stuff, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. commit murder. <laughs> yeah. And basically, you do that for an hour, and you wake up the next guy, and oh, there's always somebody up. Yeah. And if it wasn't for that fire guard, like, it would have been done. Wow. Yeah. So it was, it, it's and it's crazy because like I'm not like it's a crazy story, but I, at the same time I'm not surprised because you got a bunch of 18 year old kids full of testosterone. Freedom, technically freedom for the first time from like what they know from being at home under their parents, the guard or whatever, or you know guardians and shit, and being having this like structure and system like imposed on them, like shoved down their throats. Like there's gonna be like kind of like resistance to that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And people are gonna like wall out in different ways and yeah. fuck around. Like um, it's crazy, especially like you know, I remember my one of my first fights it was because I this kid, awesome kid, man. He was a black kid from Indiana. You know how we grew up saying nigga, whatever, but yeah. you know, my nigga, whatever. And I kept on saying that. And he's like, stop saying that. And I'm like, I don't mean it like that way. Yeah. And I'm like, and he's just it's like. It's not the ER, it's the A. <laughs> exactly, please get it right. I'm from Queens, I'm, I'm from Brooklyn. Brooklyn. And then, and I, you don't understand, <laughs> I don't mean it. And, like, and I'm Dominican, I'm not white. Exactly. I know I'm white, I'm light-skinned with green eyes. Look at the name I'm tag. Like, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's what we started fighting for that. Um, but... Yeah, it's like it's the first exposure to um, to the outside world. You, you don't know how small New York is until you like leave it. Yeah. Um, 
I've never met somebody from Texas. Guys talking from like with that accent yeah. and shit and that southern twang. <laughs> yeah, it's like crazy. I'm like literally looking at them like, yo, can you just please talk again? Yeah. And they're making fun of me because I have an accent. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And uh, it, it's just it's just like that that shell shock. It's just like, oh shit, I'm not at home anymore. Yeah. I'm meeting all these people from different eras, and um, during the day they're teaching us how to kill and shoot and. That I, I wanted to ask you about that. The what was the first time that you got a gun? <clears throat> like you're in the army, you know, you get your room and shit like that. I guess every day, like you said, it's like exercises and like yeah. they start showing you structure. Like when's the first time that you guys like get a gun? I would say probably like within month two, because uh, that first month you're basically uh, learning how to be a soldier, basically uh, folding your clothes. Uh, Doing your bed, bed every morning. beds, you know, drilling, basically how to walk in formation and mm. doing all those steps. Like the left, left, yeah, exactly. left, right, Cadences. Left. And you're doing all that stuff, and then they break it down, you know. Uh, one section would be how to shoot your rifle. Another one would be how to deploy the hand grenades. Another would be uh, how to use your night vision devices and so on and so forth. And stuff like that. It was good. Uh, that, that was the first. Like I used to always look at the schedule. Like when are we gonna shoot? When are we yeah. gonna shoot? When are we gonna shoot? <laughs> I would imagine that, that everybody's like excited for like that day because like yeah. Like, I've been to a shooting range twice, I think, and it's dope. Like shooting guns and stuff like that. It's like a cool, like fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're not, you know, it's a very like a mass shooter though. or something. Yeah, definitely. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, whenever you wanna, me and uh, wifey over here, we got a tradition. We have a range that you could be a civilian and we could take you out there. So you serious? Like yeah. the ones I I went I to went in Pennsylvania. It's in Jersey City. So oh really? Right off the, the Jersey. The, the, I'm so down. Next time you guys go, let me know. And what we do is we're like I'll show. You can rent the Tommy gun, the Desert Eagle. What? All this shit. It's called Guns for Hire. And uh, the last time we went was I took Zadie and Eshrin and Masi, mm-hmm. and we shot all these all day. And then at the end of the day, we do a competition, couple versus couple. So, nice. <laughs> another champion, by the way. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm definitely not going to do that. The, what I shot was like, a, I think a 45 and whatever, like the smaller. Nine millimeter. Yeah, probably. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so you're in boot camp for nine months. So you're in Fort Benning eight the months. whole eight months. Eight months. In Fort Benning, right? And then at what point do you know, and how does it work to, like, where are you going to be stationed? Because, like, Stephen was in Fort Bragg uh, in North Carolina, but he went to boot camp. I don't remember where he went to boot camp. Yeah, I don't remember either. I think, I think in Texas. Or, yeah, somewhere, like, in the Midwest or something Oklahoma. like that. And um, yeah, at what point do you know that you're going to go from Fort Benning and you're going to be stationed uh, right there uh, in, in uh, Fort Hamilton when you sign your contract like I would like uh, this station duty station um, you ask where you want I want in New York and they get they get like they, they give you everybody what they want right? uh, nah most of the time they can't, it's, right? no yeah like everybody wants to go to Italy and those mm-hmm. things are hard to get like we can't do that but we can put you here here yeah. here pick once one. I said New York they're like oh hell yes yes <laughs> there's like three people up there <laughs> yes. like, four drum guarding is the, the bl- Canadian border four drum is like the black hole of the army yeah <laughs> nobody wants to be uh, it's so cold up there that the Alaskan troops go there for cold weather training get the fuck and then people a lot of people they see New York so they're like oh my god I could go to New York City yeah. you know and stuff like that. they don't realize it's how big seven New York and is. a half hours away from the city the that tip of the city 
You're closer to Canada. I'm literally 30 minutes from the Canada. I remember when, when you got out of the army. We'll fast forward a bit and then we'll, then we'll go back. We, we drove up, you, me, Vicente, uh, which is your brother, Steven, and Ariel, mm-hmm. that I named um, Rap Sheet <laughs> when we got to the border. <laughs> we drove up to Watertown where you were stationed when you were getting out the army, being discharged, honorably discharged, right? Mm-hmm. And... It, which is pretty much let's say you're done you served your time in the army that's it you're out you're a free man then we had the idea of crossing over to Canada and spending like the weekend there or whatever and it was a, that was that was an awesome trip yo that was yes. my my second favorite trip of all time <laughs> <laughs> and my my first one was when I went to Costa Rica actually with my brother and, and his best friend Omar that you met Omar yeah, yeah. when we went to, to Florida for Steven's bachelor party um, the first one, mm-hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, but yeah, that that was like such a fun trip. And then Ariel, we were at the border, and Canada has some strict ass laws with if you have like a like a, a outstanding parking ticket or some shit, you can't get into Canada. Which is, which kind of makes sense why everybody there is like super nice and and it's it's kind of also it ties into Costa Rica too because it's a, a neutral country they don't have like any armed forces or anything and I feel like that trickles down to like their population because everybody's like super chill nice no hay malicia like in the street and stuff like that like I'm sure you know there's still like some crime or whatever but it's like neg- negligible yeah um, and in Canada it was they were very everybody was like nice and cool and we had like awesome time you know what I mean but Ariel, I don't know what he had, but we started calling him Rap Sheet because they wouldn't let him in to Canada. And then yeah, he had a couple of misdemeanors, but in Canada, those are felonies. Yeah. So we pretty much, we were like, bueno, Ariel, we drove eight hours to come get Avi. We're going to cross over to Canada. We're not lawyers. We're going to cross over to Canada. You could chill here in Watertown in the local motel that we were staying at. And, then, and um, we'll be back to pick you up on the way back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man yeah. good times yo definitely but right so going back to Fort Benning mm-hmm. in Georgia right so you spent your eight months there and how was it like when you or what was the hardest part of like the whole thing or something that you like damn that, that was rough for like I think the hardest part for me I mean uh, after the culture shock um, I think the most physical hardest thing is the actual the, the final event which is called we call it the bayonet it's basically you stay in the field, which the field is like outside in the woods and all that stuff, and you do all these training exercises and stuff and like scenarios and war gaming. <clears throat> you do that for a couple of days, and then you have to walk back to your barracks, which is about 25 miles. Damn. Yeah, with all the gear on top of you and stuff like that. And uh, How heavy is the gear? Is that like the backpack with all the guns and all yeah, the Yeah, that's everything. Um, I the helmet. Like 50, 60 pounds. Shit. Um not bad. I was so mm-hmm. I was so pumped and hype that yeah, you like, made it to the yeah, end. Yo, this is the, so we're walking back home and we're done. And then at the mile twenty, <laughs> I literally started like hallucinating. You see, like I literally is it with, like with no water or something, or it was just like it was just uh, exhaustion. Yeah, and feet are like pancakes, and like I literally felt like I was seeing ghosts next to me, and I'm like, yeah, damn, yeah, talking stuff. Like and that. are you completed by yourself, or is like a group? No, the whole, the whole group. We're all okay, group. okay. You literally go to our 
infantry hills and stuff like that and that's when they give you your blue cord and you're like yo you made it you're infantry damn now like you could drink a grog which is basically i mean there it was it's supposed to be alcohol like a bunch of mixture of alcohol but in boot camp they don't do that they just put like some green chem light and like fog machines and like yo drink this <laughs> basically kool-aid but it's a nice ceremony <clears throat> that's awesome it must be like a proud moment yes 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 it's like yo i'm finally fucking I'm in. Exactly. I'm a fucking warrior now. <laughs> let me let me ask you a quick question. When when you you guys are going through that like 25 mile walk back to the barracks, is it like who like who's in charge of you guys? Is it like the drill sergeant? Yeah, the drill sergeant is always there with us. And um, is he like walking side by side, or he has like a car like driving? No, no, next they, to you guys? no, no. They lead by example. So, yeah, they're walking with us. That's awesome. Hmm. So they and they do this what every four every like four times a year. That's sick. So they they do rotate out and stuff, mm-hmm. but still it's still. Joe Sargent is not an easy gig, man, and married much respect for those guys. And those are like, like badass dudes, because they they set the like the foundation for everything. Exactly. Like if they fuck up there, like they're planting like a fucked up seed, kind of. You know what I mean? And then you're gonna turn into exactly. that like trickles up. And it's a very stressful job, man. Like we we've seen Joe Sargent's like screaming at their spouses and stuff, and yeah, because it's a stressful job. Like I, I'm an instructor now, and it's it's like it's like a it's like a like you can't it's not the type of job that you could just leave there and then come home and then you exactly. kind of like carry it's a with lot you, right? of long hours it's a lot of hours that, that people don't see on the screen is it's like it's a lot of prepping and then you have to deal with these dumb privates and like they're like oh my god it's like basically teaching a kid how to walk and all that stuff and then you're doing that over and over and over and over and over. And I imagine now with like more like entitled like kind of kids oh with <laughs> like like all the millennials. Even though we're te- technically, I think we're millennials Stop like year wise. No, we're fucking Generation X. Yeah, but we but we have whatever it is. I see. I see myself. And obviously, I'm I'm biased, but even if I'm like technically a, a millennial, like I side more with like the generation before us because I think because like my brother's five years older than me. All my like I'm the youngest of like all my cousins and stuff like that. And I always, like, grew up around, like, older people and was more influenced by them. Like, my first job in in a restaurant bar, which I'm still friend with them now, friends with them now, at, a, at this Portuguese spot. Um, like, those were older guys. I was, like, 16 years old, bartending, and there's a bunch of, like, 20, 30-year-old fucking men drinking, smoking, fucking doing coke, like, at the end of the bar, like, you know? Exactly. But the millennials is, is our fault, because... Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not their fault. We're raising them to be weak. So the fifty year olds, the four year olds, all the ones that are in fault of what we're growing right raising now. True. They're, they're fucking. We're definitely partly to blame. <clears throat> exactly. Like our parents. Come on. <laughs> like we, you know, you know what it is. Like we, we. I feel like we uh, got beat hard. And yeah, we, like, exactly. we don't want to do that. And we want, but we wanted like the whole like Danny Tanner full house like type of. How exactly. Like that, mom and dad. So we went like like generation wise. Like we went too much to the left, and then like too soft. You know what I mean? Exactly. But there's like a good like in between like somewhere there, which I think our, our generation technically is because we have like both sides of it. Meanwhile, but, you have um, all these countries fucking just breeding fucking warriors. Yeah. At the age of Drago, fucking Ivan Dragos. I mean, one of these days, man, it's gonna come up and it's gonna bite us in the ass. Fuck, man, it's gonna bite us in the ass. You train a killer from a young age, and to don't fucking hesitate. Meanwhile, we can find a guy to put a fucking luggage in the overhead compartment without, <laughs> without complaining. Exactly. So oh, fuck my nail. <laughs> I have a stressed peacock. <laughs> He's my thunder buddy. So tell me how how different was when you went to 
What was it in Watertown? What was that called? Fort Drum. Fort Drum. Fort Drum from, like, how was your life in Fort Drum versus how it was in Fort Benning? <clears throat> so, like I stated, um, I got to basic training August 30th. Um, so, something would have happened right after. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that happened while you guys were, were in yeah. basic training. Mm-hmm. And uh, they basically said, if you're from Fort Drum, Fort Bragg, Fort Benning, uh, there's a 97% chance you're going to get deployed within the first six months. And uh, when that day happened, um, <clears throat> like, again, once you're in boot camp, you don't, you, you're restricted from, like, using the phone. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we didn't have internet back then. We yeah. had crappy ass internet, but it was mostly like the phone. Dial up, all Exactly. Um, but that day, they let all New Yorkers, uh, guys from PA and Washington, call home. And uh, we couldn't talk home. We couldn't call until like that night because all the lines were down. Over yeah, there. true. I remember. And I remember I called, and my mom picked up, and she was like, "Not my mom, my 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 father's sister, which was in my mom's house at the time. My mom was so distraught. She picked up, and she was like, you, you, but you're not gonna get deployed, right? You're too young. You're a baby.' Meanwhile, they already had told me like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> I was like, "No, no, no, no. Probably not. Most likely not." And um, so once I got to Fort Drum, uh, I got there in a, in a winter storm. And uh, <clears throat> these guys were coming back from Bosnia. So I basically got to a, almost an empty base. Like, it was, um, they're, they're going to be re- uh, returning within two days and stuff. And it's funny, you know, like, I got there on a Thursday. And they're like, yeah, these guys are not coming back till, like, Monday. So you're basically off. I literally took a bus right back to New York that really? night. <laughs> I was like, yo, I'm going back to the city. Damn, nice. And um, oh, oh, I ain't going to lie, man. I was, I was fucking nervous and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, going to war. Fucking, exactly, right off the fucking jump. And you knew once you you got there, this, within six months, I'm out. Yeah. Uh, they got back from Bosnia. They let them refit for, for like about a month. And What uh, is that, refit? Uh, basically, just relax. You go on vacation and... Mm-hmm. You know, come back and then just get back into shape and stuff. I get right back in the cycle. And then um, as soon as they got back, we started training. And uh, we got ready for uh, to go to Afghanistan. How how intense was the training versus uh, basic training? Like boot camp? It was, more the, it was more focused. So we weren't training on, like, going into trenches and stuff. I was mostly, like cave fighting and like uh, learning their their culture and learning their religion and learning uh, some key words and of where you're going in Afghanistan yeah and how's the how's the like combat skills training like jujitsu I know you know jujitsu you, you actually gave me a, like a crash course lesson once I remember yeah <laughs> oh yeah that's the, the army uh, version of combatives we call it army combatives it's, a, it's basically a, a stew pot of bunch of, of disciplines and stuff like that, which is like jiu-jitsu, uh, Muay Thai, boxing, um, <clears throat> Greco-roaming, wrestling, and a bunch of other stuff, Sambo. Is there like a like a hierarchy, to, like a like a belt system to it, a structure? Or we is it do just levels. Um, there's a level one through four. and uh, What are you, 18? Uh, I'm or? a four. <laughs> no, I'm a four. Nice. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, yeah, you just teach them like different. There's it's called basic. Now it's called the basic uh, combative skills techniques. Then level two is tactical, and the third one is uh, fuck. I forgot that one. And then the fourth one is like the master combative trainer. So I could I basically could do fireballs. 
<laughs> and lasers through your eyes. Like. <laughs> yeah, just you just teach more techniques and yeah. stuff like more repetitive stuff. Out. So, how was it when you were deploying for the first time? Um, you, you went twice, right, yes. to Afghanistan. I went to Afghanistan once and Iraq once. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, I thought it was Afghanistan twice. I literally did the uh, cardinal sin, which was uh, I got married basically two weeks before I got deployed with my high school sweetheart, not some random chick that I, w- I met. In the I city. was at that wedding and actually have a picture of you, me, and Steven. You were in your, your green army uniform. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I didn't know that was that, that was like two weeks before you left. Yeah. Wow. That's sick. Yep. Um, it was like two weeks prior to leaving. It's funny because as soon as I returned back to my base after my wedding, they're like, any fucking idiots got fucking married this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> you raise your hand? Fuck but but there's, like a, there's like a practical reason to that, right? Because you were with your girlfriend that long and like if, God forbid, something would happen to you, yes. like she gets like broken off by the army or something. Yeah, like being in those situations, like your life, you feel like your life is like it's coming to an end. Not 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 that like you're like terminal, but like at any moment, you like know? it could definitely happen. So you want to like hit those like goal life goals as fast as you can, which is sometimes it's smart, sometimes not. No. Um, and yeah, I did that. Um, I didn't freeze my sperm. She was dying for me to do it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know they did that shit back then. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah, so I got back. I left her. I left her back in New York, and then we deployed to Afghanistan. How was that? How was that trip? That's in one of those army planes, right? Or is it? Yes. A commercial? Uh, so you you take a commercial. Well, you take an army plane to. It was different because when I went to Afghanistan, it was like an army plane basically all the way through. So we landed in Germany, got refitted, refueled, and then we landed to. Uh, yeah. Get closer. Then we got to Afghanistan. Iraq was different. We took like a commercial flight to Germany, then another commercial flight to Turkey, and then we went to a military plane to uh, Kuwait, and then Kuwait to Iraq. Damn. How long was the trip to Afghanistan? 17 hours, I believe. Wow. So when when you land over there, um, is it like in directly in the army base? Yes, 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 yeah. Yeah, you don't they don't drop you off like in the middle yeah. of the tarmac. <laughs> like, oh, call it Uber. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we we uh, confiscated a, a tarmac out there in Kuwait in Kandahar, and um, damn, that's gangster. So the army was like, "Eh, esto de nosotros from now on." Yeah, and we're gonna be here. It was like bullet holes and shattered windows everywhere, and then like, yeah, there's like a little American flag there, like <laughs> just waving around. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, we got there. How much of a shell, like, culture shock, like... As soon as those doors open, um, I felt like... like I was sand in, everywhere. I was in an oven. Damn. It was like a jet engine in my face, 900,000 degrees, and I couldn't breathe. I got, like, literally, you, like... <laughs> like a sauna type shit. Yeah. <clears throat> it was really bad. And then uh, we had to get our briefing. They sent us to this nice hot tent, and they gave us <laughs> hot water. <laughs> that's when you're like yo sorry I didn't want tea <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was like yo I'm expecting the tea bag no the tea bag for this hot water and they basically tell us alright this is what you're responsible for how many of you guys went in that first in that trip the whole battalion Damn. no the whole brigade oh wow yeah and then from there you get separated to wherever area of the country you're responsible for and do you stay with your same group yes for the most part oh okay mm-hmm. and Italian. Your, your battalion 
Which is four companies. Yeah. Which is four platoons, each company. Remember that. Test me. Quiz me, quiz me at the end. <laughs> um, so how was that? Like, what do you do when you're over there? Like, what? how do you, how do you, in what I imagine is like a, like sick structure, but like a crazy, you know, it's war, a crazy environment. Like, how do you, like, normalize that for yourself? How do you create, like, some sort of routine or, like, or do you even? Like, what's your day like? You, it's a, it, they live in biblical times. So, you basically just embrace the suck. And we were living in a 10-man tent, 30 guys in there. In a fucking small little cot. It's fucking hot as balls. There's no AC. Just, just smelling ass and dick all day. <laughs> Damn. Um... And basically, like, yo, we're going to be doing this. Uh, get your shit ready. Let's do it. And it just, that becomes, that, that becomes a norm. Yeah. It, it, I, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just. Human beings are weird because, like, no matter what environment you you put someone in, you get used to it, right? Like, yeah. you, I don't know if it's, like, psychological games that you, you play with yourself to, like, to, to just make shit around you normal. But we, like, assimilate to stuff. Like, we have that. Definitely. Like ability, I guess, if you want to call it that. Like, are you guys, like, walking through towns, like, looking for shit? Are you, like, on missions? Are you just, like, making a presence there? Or is it, like, uh, In Afghanistan, sure um, there was only two paved roads at the time. Damn. One went north and south, the other one east and west. So if you weren't on there, which most likely wasn't because it was always booby-trapped with bombs or IEDs, uh, we would take, we would get uh, Chinooks, which is, like, air... Air, air support and airlifted and these biggest helicopters and they'll drop us off in a little area and from there we walk. And do you guys like um, rappel down? Like from the helicopters? It, we've done it before, yes. Damn. But for the most part we'll land in a nice LZ and uh, landing zone and from there we'll walk. Like they wouldn't drop us if I wanted to get to this house they wouldn't drop me in the corner they would mm-hmm. probably drop me off in Brooklyn. I'm like alright start walking to Queens. Damn. And then uh yeah, just for safety and stuff like that. And, uh, and you guys are just like, like what's, the, like, what's the point? Like, what's the mission? Like, uh, the mission's always dictated. I mean, it was always uh, different. Um, you go to this house, look for this person, or go to this house, try to retrieve X, Y, Z? Yeah, like uh, prevent the Taliban from doing this, uh, taking over this village, um, do a lot of security for uh, the imams. And uh, the village elders. The moms are like the religious. Yeah, like the folks, priests right? for us and stuff. Like that. They have a lot of power, and they're like our political heads mm-hmm. out here. Also, the village elders as well. And was there, like, do you like get to know, like, are you like on the same air- area the whole time, and you get to know like the vecina that lives in this no. house there, or no, little no. kids in Afghanistan? No, in Afghanistan, definitely not. It was a. Uh, it was very premature when we got there, so it wasn't like nothing was like set in stone or established. So everything was still being figured out. We would get intel like, "Oh, we got bad guys in this area. All right, let's take a flight, land over here, clear it out, um, show these guys, the locals there, that the area is safe. Oh, there's bad guys on this side. All right, take a flight, go over there." And you could just go like with guns, walking around, like looking for bad guys. Yeah, or to, like scoping out the area type shit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Did you ever get into like gunfights and stuff like that? Yes. Yeah. Like often. Like. It wasn't like in the movies where you get in a fucking firefight every fucking day. It's not like that. No. no. Um, Do you remember yeah. the first one? Yes. You know, forget your first. It's like I can imagine. It's like popping a cherry. Exactly. Like, <laughs> um, we were 
we were in a mission and we're walking like like by the by the mountaintops and stuff like that and uh and before we went to Afghanistan, like our command sergeant major, which is our head sergeant of our thing, he forced us to like carry two hundred pounds in our buck bags and our rucksacks and like just get our cardio up and like making walking up down hills, whatever and because Afghanistan's all hills, mountains. Yeah, the altitude is ridiculous out there too. Um, just to get us ready for these things. To like, mm-hmm. oh, right. So we're in Afghanistan and we're walking. All of a sudden, you hear like one pop shot, two pop shots. I'm like, oh shit, we're in contact. Troops in contact. And it was like these three guys on top of a fucking hilltop, right kind of far away. You guys saw them right away, or somebody like scoped them out? Or? Yeah, well, they're like our lead event. They were like, "Oh shit, we're fucking there's three guys with heavy machine guns," and I'm like, and I'm in the middle of the pack, so I'm like about 300 meters away, um, and I'm seeing people falling. So in my head, I'm like, "These motherfuckers are dying," mm-hmm. and I'm getting closer. We're all fucking running here. We're fucking shooting, moving. Trying to get up too close, these guys, but these guys were such high, so high up. I imagine the adrenaline at that point. To the, the best way I can explain it is: if does anybody, by surprise, push you into a pool or the water? Mm, it's basically I, I like you so. fall into a big, like on the underwater. Unexpectedly, nervous, exactly. You're nervous, and everything slows down. Mm-hmm. Okay, like I, I know you can literally hear your heartbeat. Yeah. And I think that's when your fight, flight, or, or response kicks in. Like, you don't know who you are until shit You're confronted with that shit. Exactly. Like, you could talk all the shit you want in your life, but until you get punched in the face, everybody has a plan, right? Until you get punched yeah. in the face. Mike <laughs> Tyson. Tyson. <laughs> yeah, man. That is so true. And um, I remember always, always told that to myself, like, I hope I'm not a pussy, man. I hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when shit hits the fan. <laughs> and I was fucking shitless. I was, like, I was, I was scared. But like everything slowed down. How could you not be? But exactly, right? Uh-huh. I'm seeing all these people falling down. All my fucking comrades and fucking they're falling down, and I'm like in my. Head, so you're seeing your guys falling down? Yes. Fucking. Oh shit! Like, I thought you meant like Afghan the guys that were on top of the no, hill or down, and these guys are trying to get up, and they're fucking falling. Oh shit! Um, so that's fucking. Up. So you're like they're getting hit by the bullets and exactly. they're like dying. Literally so in front we're of We're fucking running and I'm, we're fucking, we, can't, we can't reach them. We're our Are you guys shooting up though? Yeah. Like everybody's like just like shooting? Rocks and stuff like that. Um, it turned out that these guys were <laughs> falling out from the altitude. Just like slipping? No, they were just falling out. Oh, the air? Like yes, the, how thin the air, the air was? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Well, a couple of guys got, got shot. They got hurt, but nothing major, thank God. Nobody died. But you don't know that at the time. I, no, yeah, I yeah, yeah. It was like this, but fucking... We fucking started thinking. I had the fucking radio on my back. And uh, my commander comes in. He's like, yo, call fucking air support. Close air support. Close air support. And he's giving me the grid. And I'm fucking calling it in. And fucking boom, boom. Giving the grid. Fucking all of a sudden you see. What the, does that give me the grid? Like the coordinates? Yeah, coordinates. And the, how do you learn how to use that shit? The yeah, radio? boot camp, you learn that stuff. And then okay. back at the thing, you, that's, you train everything over and over and over. Everything, everything is a cycle. Gotcha. You, know, uh, you just... Keep proficient Like reinforcing everything Over and over Yep And uh, we called in air support And uh, Fucking we dropped A couple of bombs On top of that hilltop And the firefight Stopped for a little bit How soon How soon after the air support Come in Oh they, they got there quick About seven minutes Damn Um 
we got there and stuff. Uh, fucking again, it was kind of high, so we saw that it was for a bunch of rubble. We sent a couple of guys to go over there to, to check it out, make sure they were all dead. And mind you, I have the, the radio at the time, and I have my antenna. You know, in every movie, you always want to go for the guy with the antenna. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't communicate with nobody else. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we look there. Like, oh, shit, there's on another one up there. There's another one up there. No shit, there's another fucking guy. Taking, I don't know who he was aiming at, but in my mind, he's like, he's fucking aiming yeah. at me. God, <laughs> you got the, he has you in his crosshairs. Like. <laughs> um, yeah, he was alive, but luckily we sent another unit and they fucking take him out. And, uh, Damn. Like I said, we just took a couple of casualties there, and but like nothing severe, thank God. They were all passing out. That's what it was. That's where they were falling. It must out. have been a combination between the thin air, the adrenaline, just like holy shit moment. Yes. Fall in the pool one of these days. <laughs> nah, I'll take a word, bro. <laughs> I'll just re-listen to this. I'm, my fucking my hands are sweating right now listening to this fucking story. And it's that fear and fucking everything slows down and it's just like in the movie like uh the fuck same probably Ryan and that beach mm-hmm. thing when was and for me, that' what it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen grown men fucking bitch out, and I've seen grown men freeze. So, I, it's you don't know what you are until you're put in that situation. I got, I guarantee you something. God forbid your family is put into danger. You can, you're a very fucking humble, nice man, but I guarantee you, there's another side of you yeah. that will come out if that were to be presented. You know what I mean, you never know what you're capable of until. So you confronted with the situation. That's intense, man. And like, how, how freaking was like shit like that happening versus whatever, whatever you was the, you if know, quote unquote average routine. on it. I would say every three days. <coughs> wow. Every three days. And then sometimes it'll be every day. Then sometimes it'll be nothing for a whole week. Did you get a purple heart in the army? Like you got hit? I did not. No. No. Thank God. Um, did you? How how is it like like? Do you guys have bathrooms and stuff? Just like regular shit, like taking a shit, it's taking a piss. Called the wood line. Is it? Well, how is that? All right, you see that we have grass over here. Uh huh. You go back there, you put your pants down, you take a shit, you fucking, you can bury it, or you just leave it there and just fucking keep Damn. it moving. Damn. There's no bathrooms out there. What the matter? <laughs> Fuck. Is this fucking Candyland? <laughs> oh man, how was it? Um. Damn, and like no TVs, no. Wow. Fuck. So you shit in the woods, and how about the like showering and stuff like that? Oh yeah, so they have like the. Is it like those outdoor washing, showers? Yeah, like washing stations and stuff. Like that. And then you actually smell worse coming out than you did coming in. Because the water's like like I literally built like a, a psoriasis type thing from using that water. Fuck. Yeah, well, you know, you have to psychologically. Uh, Adapt exactly like I usually the longest record was I lasted 30 days without showering. Damn, just baby wipes. <laughs> like my uniform was so bad that it could stand on itself. The pants it <laughs> that's sick. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Fuck, man. You know, how, uh, how, how about that shit? Like to wash clothes and stuff like that. Um, when we came back, we had like a little company there that that would actually do it for us and stuff like that. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. we used the locals to do it for us. Gotcha. That's intense, man. And were the night uh, were the nights really cold? It was cold because in the daytime it's 112, mm-hmm. and at night it's 60. So yeah, it's, it's like relatively speaking, yeah, it's cold. 
so how long did you spend in Afghanistan the first time? Uh, 12 months. 12, a whole year? Yeah. The first time you were there? Shit. Mm-hmm. And then how was it? Is it different for everybody? Like some people go for less time, some people go for more? Yeah, yeah. Like the, for the most part, Marines, they'll go for like four to six months. That's why they'll be like, I have 53 fucking deployments. No, I'm guy be like, I have two. But for 53 <laughs> <Exactly>. years, <laughs> 25 years each, like, hey, Diablo. Like, Iraq, I was there for 15 months. I want to get to Iraq, but before, um, so you were there for a full year. The Was there, like, a more intense, like, on fight from, obviously, you told me about the first one. Was there anything, like, where you saw people die, if you don't mind me asking, yes. or... Like people that that you were with. Yes, you do. You Unfortunately, one of the things of, of combat is that you you see things that you only see in TV, and yeah, um, it's either you or them. So yeah, you, you see uh, some things like that. Fuck. So you were there for a year, and how was it when you flew back the first time? When I flew back. Um, it was a, a culture shock. It was uh, so it, my deployment was supposed to be eight months, and why we, did it get ex- extended? When we were supposed to do our last mission, like this mission was in Bagram. It was it was crazy. It was like the port of the border of, of Pakistan, and it was going to be like the big hurrah. Like nobody's been there since nineteen twenty, whatever. Like. Whatever it was a long fucking. We were there for three months, like for two months. No, for a month. I'm sorry. And we were like, fuck it. This is our last mission. We have to come back to Kandahar. We're gonna fucking. We're done. We do our mission. Uh, we had satellite phones, and we called. I called home, and my ex-wife is like, "Why are you so happy?" I'm like, "Because uh, I'm going home. Why aren't you happy?" Yeah. <laughs> She's like, uh, "They didn't tell you." I was like, tell us what? Uh, so in the military, they have this thing called the family readiness group. So basically the wives, they stay together and they, they keep connected. And for some way, somehow, uh, it got leaked. Then uh, we were getting extended for another three months. Ah, oh, shit. And they didn't tell us. They didn't tell us at all until... Until we <laughs> came found, back from that, that, that quote-unquote last mission. Yeah. So when I got home, I was like, I didn't believe anything until I fucking saw fucking American soil. And I was yeah. like, I'm leaving now. <laughs> uh, now, they had a nice ceremony. Um, they had everybody, all the family members in the, in the base gym, McGrath gym. And uh, we walked in and did a nice ceremony. In Watertown? In Watertown. Okay. Inside the base of Fort Drum, yeah. It was a huge-ass fucking thing. So all your family was already there when you flew back? Yeah. Well, at the time, it was only uh, my ex-wife and her cousin. Okay. Um, which, it was cool. I didn't, like... I didn't, like, uh, you weren't expecting anybody. So no. just seeing them must have been, yeah. like... And it was awesome, man. Like, you know, as soon as we got released, they ran up to my arms, whatever. And it was like, fuck. Fuck. This is fucking so good. Damn. I'm never deploying again. <laughs> I'm never... Like, like, I made it. I'm alive. I fucking... Did my time in the army, went to war when I didn't even expect to go to war. Exactly. <laughs> I did this for $600 a year, fucking. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was fucking, it's amazing. I mean, the, the things you, you, you lose, the time you lose. Um, I remember when I came back, all the girls were wearing those pointy ass 
stilettos. Yeah, the, front, the shoes. Like, what like, the why? fuck are you wearing? That? <laughs> yeah. What is that? I've always hated those things. Like, oh no, these are in styles. <laughs> like, you look like you're about to attack me. Like, you don't have to be down with every style. <laughs> By the way. Yeah. I remember I went home that night and I just watched commercials. Yeah. I watched TV. Just and like watched, see where the world was type shit, right? It was amazing. I felt like a fucking inmate that just got released after 25 years. Wow. It's, it's crazy. Like, you just, like, you appreciate everything. You, you see how you live here and compared to how they live over there. And yeah. Yeah, your life has a different meaning. Is it's like you appreciate it. A lot. I imagine you, you gain like a perspective that you can't get otherwise. Yeah. Except for like going through that type of experience. Mm-hmm. And how long after you came back? Like you, like the guys that came back from Bosnia, you know, they had like a month off. Did you? Did like you got time off? Yeah, yeah, no, they gave us like a month, and uh, we went on a vacation right away, and. Um, and by off means you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, you go home and fucking spend time with your family and nice. Well, what did fat. you do at that time? Oh, had a lot of sex. Nice, lots and lots of it. <laughs> nah, and uh, nah, I just enjoyed the fight. I, I was dying to come back home to New York City and uh, just uh, see my mom and my brother and everybody of my family and stuff. And just just appreciate life, just enjoy everything. And I was just. Was fucking like a kid in a candy store. Yeah, yeah. Then you had to go back to Watertown eventually a month later, right? Yeah. And how long after that did you have to go to Iraq? Oh, the next year. Mm. <laughs> and the funny thing was that, you know, fucking... Uh, they, they, they basically... No, so I spent a year back and they basically... Uh, they're like, I remember it was for Christmas. Every Christmas they let us, they call it Exodus. They give you a whole month off. You don't have to come back to like January, the second week of January. And they're like, yeah, um, <clears throat> if you're not out of the army by no by May of that next year, you're getting what they call stop loss. I was getting out August of that year. It's like, but it's December. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean I can't get out? They're like, yeah, oh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. So when I came home that year, that month, I was like, yeah, I remember telling my ex-wife, and I was like, yeah, I'm, looks like I'm gonna get deployed. What does that mean? The stop loss that you're you staying? You can't, even though you're, you you did your contract, they can hold you. For how long? As long as the mission is done. They actually made a movie out of it called Stop Loss. Literally. Really? Yeah. Oh shit! I gotta check that out. It's not that good, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> what was it? What What is your favorite army movie? Or like uh, military, like combat, like movie. Uh, obviously, Saving Private Ryan is one of my favorites. Uh, Men of Valor. Like the, the the army movies are actually the military movies are getting more realistic. Gotcha. That that was gonna be my next question. Like how it's actually which using ones? like real soldiers that actually been out there that like like consulting on the movies and shit. Exactly. Um, if anybody's a movie producer out there that hears this, reach out and I'll put you in touch with Awe for some consulting work. If you want the authentic, the realness. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, like a lot of these movies, they're, they're, they're really good and stuff. Because the biggest critiques out there is are veterans. Whenever they see like Commando or fucking The Predator, like that's not real. Mm-hmm. That's bullshit. <laughs> Grenades don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Like seeing Scarface now when he used that fucking two or three is like, come on, man. That was that grenade launcher yeah. gun. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it doesn't do that. And how um, come he's waving it around like a twenty-two? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, 
What was I going to say? So you hear that news that you're not getting out in August, potentially. Like, you got that stop loss shit, and they told you then that you're going to be deployed? Yeah. They're like, yeah, we're more, we don't know when, but if you're not getting out of the Army by May, you're getting deployed. What, uh, before I ask you about Iraq, the, like, during that year between Afghanistan and Iraq, like, what do you do? Because you're not in basic training. You're training. Just like nonstop training around yeah, the clock, like that's training. your job, like to train, yes. like to be a soldier, be ready. Mm-hmm. Shooting. Gotcha. Okay. So you wake up, Exercise. go shoot, train, whatever's on the uh, schedule for that day. No, no, like we do cycles. So you have like a, a schedule, a monthly schedule, whatever, and like yeah, okay. By the end of this, these three months, you need to be proficient in these tasks. By the end of these three months, you gotta be proficient in all these tasks. And then by that time, you think the year's up, like you're, you're ready to go. And you, do you pick what you do on which days? No. Do you have, like, any freedom at all? Like, on Wednesday? No, because you got to coordinate and stuff. Like, the, these are the higher-ups. I mean, I mm-hmm. was a private or a sergeant at the time. I'm basically told, like, yo, make sure you're right. you guys are ready for this and that. Um, you could do what we call hip pocket training and stuff like that, and you can make you guys more proficient on that and stuff like like, like uh, CQC and stuff like that. What is that, CQC? Um, close quarter combat. Like, in internal... Like fights and shit. Yeah, like you know, coming into a room and fucking shooting, clean the rooms and like. Damn. <laughs> how, many, how many people did you kill? <laughs> no, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, no, but you just always like uh, you just keep training and stuff. Like, like, like I said, it takes hours and hours and repetition, repetition. So you want to have a flawless team. You go out there. There's other people watching your back. Mm-hmm. Um, are you allowed to speak about that? Like, if you ever killed somebody, like, stuff like that, or do you want to? Do you, I mean... If you don't want to, it's fine. And it, has it been done? Yes. Uh, something that you're proud of? No. I mean, it's... It's not like, yeah, it's like I got 47 kills. Yeah. A lot of times, <laughs> like, fucking a lot of people are shooting, and you don't know who actually is bullet. Like, who's the kill shot? Exactly. Like, everybody's uh, just like, ah! There's some ones that are like, like yeah, no, that was me. Um... And uh, the way I got over it and I deal with it is just, it's either you or me. And uh, yeah. Definitely don't want it to be me. Exactly. Because um, then Abigail wouldn't be with us today. Very true. And um, Aiden, my, my son Aiden's future wife here right there. <laughs> I will kill you. <laughs> I still have skills. You will Never. be 48. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, do you think there's, there's, like PTSD kind of that comes with that like with all the shit that you went through I would imagine that you bring like the type of experiences that like you've spoken about that you've gone through are stuff that stays with you I would imagine yes, with any yes. human being um, if you notice I've been saying my ex-wife my ex-wife my ex-wife and um, it's not like she caught me cheating or I caught her cheating or and that um, <clears throat> so when I went to Afghanistan I, I fucking messed her like crazy and she was on my mind constantly. Uh, but when I went to Iraq, I, I went as a supervisor, as a sergeant. And the day we left to go to Iraq, their families all came up to me and they're like, please bring my husbands home. And I literally uh, became like a robot. And I was like, all right, my sole dedication is to make sure these guys come home. And I basically forgot that I was married. I forgot that I had a family. Like I'll call home once a month, once once a month, <clears throat> and stuff like that. And I literally was like a robot. I didn't know Damn. I was able to doing that, and I actually did it. 
I never thought about home or anything like that. So you just completely focused, conditioned, like into like the mission at hand, like what's yeah, in front of you sure and my what guys, you have to do. And the guy that you see all the time, Shoe Stack, he was one of my guys and stuff like that. Um, so like, I don't, I don't regret what I did. But when I came back, um, I never knew how to turn it back off. Gotcha. And, uh, I was a totally different person when I came back. Um, I don't like saying PTSD because a lot of people take that as an advantage and they fucking try to scam the system and they're pieces of shit for doing so. Um, anybody yeah, it's always going to be people like that that try to take advantage of shit. Yeah. Um, I just like to say I, I came back different. I'm not the same person when I went and when I came back. I'm not going to say it's PTSD and stuff like that. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. Was one, was one uh, deployment... Uh, more impactful than the other one, like Afghanistan versus Iraq, or well, Afghanistan broke my cherry. True, but uh, Iraq was more intimate. To, all right, so tell me about Iraq now. Like, how was how was it different when Iraq? Like, compare Iraq to Afghanistan. Uh, well, Iraq, Afghanistan is all mountains and open terrain and mostly caves and stuff like that. And Iraq so, was more modernized. There's, it's a little bit, yeah, it's definitely more modernized and more urban. Um, you literally actually go in a house to house. Uh, Afghanistan had like mud houses, made, literally houses made out of mud. So they literally fucking pick at the wall and break in. Damn. As I was saying, they, li- they literally lived in biblical times. That's insane. Was the, like, the threat and stuff more imminent in Iraq versus Afghanistan or about the same? Or um, If you look at the pattern... Whenever one country is like really popping, the other one is kind of low, and then whenever that one is low, this one is popping, and I just got lucky that they were popping on both times. <laughs> so, fuck. <laughs> 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 um, they were more advanced, obviously, when I went to Iraq. And then the one. So, like their military, like people that you were. There wasn't no military. It was also like uh, back in. Terrorists, like fucking, mm. they weren't like like militia groups. Army against us. It was like militia groups, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. Like pockets no of uniforms. Yeah. Fuck. And that's hard too, right? Because you're you're on alert for like regular civilians in the street. Like you never know who could be who. Yeah, even the police or the national army or yeah, nobody's your friend. Did Did you have like gunfights in in Iraq? Yes. Do you remember the first one there? My first one there. Yes. Um, we were in a market, and we we over there we did more presence patrols. Um, so we like go one out of those there. like outdoor markets, yeah. like that's all like different things, or mm-hmm. okay. And we'll go there and just show our presence and stuff like that. We're heavily armed and stuff, and and uh, uh, <clears throat> this kid came up to us. He was he had like Down syndrome, and he had a grenade, and he fucking threw it in our group. Luckily, it was a dud. Uh, but once they saw that it didn't go off, they just started shooting at us and stuff like that. And we took the kid in, um, took everybody out, and uh, we questioned him. He had no idea what the hell was going on. Yeah. It was just like he thought it was a toy, and they, someone told me, oh, like they manipulated this. him yeah. to like use him against you guys. Yeah. So, wow, uh, we got some intel from him and his father. And uh, we found, you know, who was with the corporates for that. 
That's intense. And was the like the routine in Iraq similar to Afghanistan? Like you guys were in a tent again, shit outside in the bushes. No, in Afghanistan, Iraq, they were more updated. So we were like two men to a to a connex. To a what? To a connex. So it's basically the size of this right here. Okay. I mean, you would be living here. So I had an AC. Nice. So it was fucking awesome. <laughs> Uh, but then we would go to Ford our operating bases, which is basically we'll leave that big fucking thing, go to another place in the country, and build our own base from there. What do you mean build it? We would literally build it. Like you guys? Sandbags. Like the soldier guys? No, we had like engineers. Or we would just fucking take this piece of land and be like, all right, put a truck here, make sure nobody goes up that block, another truck here, and then fucking... But once we become a, a, Ford, a Ford operating base, yeah, we'd usually... We, we would take like a, an abandoned building or abandoned complex and reinforce it with sandbags and stuff like that and what? we live in those things how long does it take to do like shit like that like is that a mission like for the week like right for this week yeah. we gotta oh, okay mm-hmm. damn that's sick that's so crazy that's so it's so like chess like like the strategy to it like yes. build up this we move up like 40 clicks this way or whatever then we fucking mm-hmm. That's fucking cool, yo. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Like, that's why most of these generals are always reading Sun Tzu. They're playing the Art of War and they're yeah. playing chess. It's, it's basically it's just battle. There's literally, when you become, like, at that rank. Like, strategies to work. It's called battle gaming, battle staff. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're playing fucking chess or Risk. Yeah. You know, risk? Yeah, yeah. You're playing that in a fucking big computer. I have Risk. I, I fucking love Risk. I love fucking Risk. I yo, will beat you to if you, death. <laughs> if you have anybody, I haven't played that game literally. I want to say in probably almost 10 years. But I have the board game. We, we may not be friends after that. <laughs> if you, like, have, like, two or three other people that would be down. But, yeah, like, I have nobody that's, like, down to play that anymore. It's people that I, like, used to show back in the day. I've been buy it for myself. But, like, I'm like, it's just going to collect dust. Because they're going to be like. Eh. You, you, to get a good game, you need at least, I would say, five people. Yes. Four, you could pull it off. Like, you could play a game. But five people Dude, is a dope game. Me and my buddies would play that in my house when I was in the, in the base. And we played for about a week straight. Damn. Like they literally come to my house every every uh, Saturday. And we'll be there all fucking day. Like, our football Sundays now. Yeah. And then their wives will be like, yo, you got to fucking come home. <laughs> all right. Take pictures of the fucking board game. Don't touch it. Don't move any pieces. <laughs> and it was nasty. It got nasty. Damn. Yo, yeah, so down to play. I, gotta say, I, w- I wonder if Steven ever played that shit. He would be fucking cheating on the fucking <laughs> What? <laughs> Those pieces were there. <laughs> I have 47 guys there. Why do you have three tanks in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> They're not even the same color. Is that from a different fucking <laughs> board? <laughs> you have Monopoly. Is that the car from Monopoly? <laughs> Why do you have hotels? <laughs> They're barracks. They're barracks. Like, no, nigga. No, no. <laughs> it is not an option. <laughs> Fuck. So how long did you spend in Iraq? 15. Months. Months? Fuck. So you went way past August? Like when you were supposed to get out of yes, the Yes, 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 yes. I came back when we, no, the, the following November. When we picked you up in, in Watertown? That was November? Yeah. Damn. Yep. I remember it was cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cookies. Cookies. <laughs> Damn, remember that? In the mall? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Do you remember where the whole uh, chocolate face? I was, I was thinking about this too the other day. Do you remember where that came from? From Borat. Yeah, from the movie. Yeah, from Borat. <laughs> it's a real movie. life chocolate face. 
Abby cariñosamente calls me Chocolate Face <laughs> from that movie. <laughs> well, we were in Canada. I think we went to the movies. That's when Borat came out. Yeah, because I'm explaining to you guys that like this is not New York City. We can't be start getting getting ready at 12 o'clock at midnight and fucking be like, yo, we're gonna go partying. I'm like, yo, yeah, everything. We need to be at the place that we want to be at by 10 p.m. The latest. The latest. If we want to enjoy the half hour before they close, <laughs> like. And Tony comes in with fucking a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle t-shirt. He's like, I'm ready to go. I'm like, no, you're not. No, no, you are not. These are not Damn. fucking... This I think is I not a third world country. Right? <laughs> Fuck, man. Oh, man. Then we went to movie theaters. We went to a mall. And I'm like, yo, focus. Go get your fucking outfit. And fucking as soon as we walk in, they had like a cookie stand. As soon as you open the door. And he's like, oh, look at cookies. I, I was in the middle of like, he was still in army mall, like mapping out the mission. All right, so we're going to hit this store. Then we go to that one. That one's going to have the belt. This one's going to have the. And I'm like, I, I turned to my left like cookies. And I started like veering off the path. <laughs> like this motherfucker just got killed by IUD. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, damn. Yeah, so fifteen months. Did did you know that you were you were going for that amount of time? Like when you went, I thought it was for a year, and then um, <laughs> it just kept on going. It, it <laughs> just kept on going and going. <laughs> I don't know what day was it. What? Wow. But the, the good thing was that once, if you're in a country for like, they they sent me home for two weeks, and that was the quickest two months of my life. Yeah. Um, I kept on two weeks it. or two months. Two weeks. Okay. I remember I pushed it back as far as I can. I came back in July. They were like, yo, if you don't take it now, you're not taking it at all. So I was like, fuck. So you flew from Iraq back to Watertown? To Atlanta. And then Atlanta, that's when your day starts. But for some reason, the lady there, she was like, I'm going to give you 24 hours. Nice. I was like, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm going to start your, your leave tomorrow. At this time, I was like, "All right, good." Nice. And then I got landed in JFK. My cousin Ariel, I'll never forget that she showed up. And Shout out to Rap Sheet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was hilarious because when you deploy, they like bring a set of civilian clothes, and so I bring the most bummiest shit. I had like a windbreaker and a fucking ripped t-shirt, <laughs> and he was like, "Yo, dude, you're not gonna visit your mom like that. <clears throat> We're going to the mall." Nice. And it's funny because he had his baby seat and he had a, a keg of Brugal. <laughs> and the biggest styrofoam cup with ice in it. Ah. Like, Yo, this is for you. I was like, thank God. Yeah, well, that's perfect, man. That's Ari looking queen, out right there. Exactly. He took me to, to, to uh, Queens Mall. We went to uh, Express. We went to Louis Vuitton and all these other fucking stores. Nice. And he embarrassed the shit out of me. He was like, I need five girls on this guy right now. <laughs> All right, this is a war hero. I need you guys to dress him. And they're like, oh, my God. Thank you, oh, my God. Thank you for the service. And, uh, yeah, so I got nice. And then I remember from there we went to go visit my mom. She was a home attendant. And uh, we, she had did bypass while I was gone. You serious? Yeah, so I have never seen her. You wow. Know, she was always chubby. Yeah, yeah. That's when, like, she lost a lot of weight. So it was my first time seeing her. And I felt, like, I, like, literally fell in love with her. When I saw her, yeah. she was so, so beautiful. Wow. When I saw her. And, um, and I remember I gave her a hug and kiss, and she cried like crazy. And 
the lady, the old lady, she was taking care of. She's like, "Go home, go home. I got this from here." Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, <laughs> she came home with us, and it was it was fucking amazing. The quickest two months of my life, weeks of my life. I've never experienced something so fast. That's insane, man. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, though. That that that's like a memory like you always keep like forever. No, you could always be. Never forget that day. Damn, that's dope. <clears throat> yeah. Like I'm not gonna say that that makes all the other shit worth it, <laughs> kind of, but but that moment like wouldn't have been like so impactful if you wouldn't have gone through all the like shit that you went through. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then um then so it's July. You had to go back to Iraq for another what like five six yeah. months? Three months. Yeah, somewhere around that. Okay. And uh, did any other like crazy shit happen while you were over? There? <sighs> I'll say one story because. This is one that like it bothers me like crazy. Um, Hold the mic close. Uh, so like remember I was telling you like everybody talks shit and like shit is real and so shit is the fan. So my uh, my direct supervisor ahead of me, he was acting as the platoon sergeant. So he was a squad leader at the time. What is that a squad leader? Um, you're in charge of eight men. Okay. I was a team leader. I'm in charge of three men. Plus me is four. He has two teams. Becomes a squad. Gotcha. Okay. Is it the smallest denomination? Is it the team? Yeah. For four people. Gotcha. Um, and then you got the buddy team, which is me, you, two guys, whatever. But okay. Okay. Technically, yeah. Oh, I remember that. St- Steven tried the to battle get buddy. Steven tried to get me to join up in, in in the army by telling me that we would be buddies, so we would literally be in the battle same bunk buddy, bed. Yeah. Same, like, That's the entire bullshit. time we'll be holding bullshit. hands the entire time. That That's bullshit. what he told me. <laughs> that was 100% bullshit. Damn. That never happens. <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. So, we're in Iraq and stuff like that. And our platoon sergeant, which is in charge of four squads. So, you got three, four squad leaders. Mm-hmm. It's really, like, three squads and then a weapon squad. But anyway, I digress. He was on vacation. It was his time to take vacation. So he was my squad. It was the acting platoon sergeant, which he and wasn't really. He was just there, just because yeah, the other guy was on vacation. Exactly. So our mission that day was we had to block a highway or a road. So we had two trucks on one end, blocking that side, and then two miles down the road, we had two other trucks blocking that end. So nobody could go there. We got there like around six o'clock in the morning. And we're there, and like everything else, complacency hits. And what's the like the the point of that? Do you guys even know the point of that, or are you just told to do that? Uh, they but you figure they, so they, they can't they transport shit. Key leadership uh, thing. We're just preventing people from going in. Like you know, uh, rumor had it that they were trying to. It was like a supply route for the enemies. Oh okay okay. So we were blocking there. So you know, seven o'clock we get there in the morning. So just trucks there. parked there, dudes with guns, <clears throat> just yeah, chilling, blocking. Nobody could come through. And seven o'clock, we're all fucking. Eight o'clock, we're all fucking high speed. Nine, ten o'clock, we're all good. In the morning or night? In the morning. Uh-huh. Ten o'clock, we're still good. Eleven o'clock, we start playing with little uh, community dogs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One o'clock, we start throwing rocks at the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> we get complacent. We get complacent. And I got one say like around three or four o'clock. Um, I would say it was literally from where you're parking across the street. Yeah. We're here. Now nah, we'll say we're in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And someone with an RPG rocket propeller grenade shoots a rocket to our vehicle. Fuck. You can hear. Boom. We're like, holy shit. And I'm on this side of the truck. So I'm like, 
So the, the between, RPG passes by you. Yeah, I'm between the RPG and the truck. So I fucking get on the ground. I fucking go a whole ass towards the back. I'm, and I'm, I'm screaming to the guy, to my squad leader, hey, call it in. We need reinforcements. Because as soon as they shot the thing, they start shooting AK-47s and they start shooting. Boom, we start getting into a firefight. Right there and then. That's like their shit, right? AK forty sevens. Yeah. That they they had like from the Russian, like old Russian AK forty sevens or something like that. No shit, this guy. All I hear is clink, clink, clink. He lock combat locks his door, and his gunner is like, "Fucking move! Call it in! Call it! Call it in!" And so he locked himself in the car, and he just did in the truck. He just froze, like a bitch. Wow. So I saw that. Fuck. And I'm like, all right. I got to take over. We maneuvered. We took out the first two guys. One guy fucking escaped towards the nearby village or like little town. And we fucking started clearing and detaining people. All of a sudden, like... Did you guys chase them or you just like... Yeah, we chased them. We we got in the truck. Well, our driver and the gunner stood and he fucking started driving. And then we were using that as cover and fucking... Until we got to the village and we just start using the building as cover and stuff like that and just start looking for this other guy. Shit. And then um, all of a sudden, once fucking that guy was down and everything's good, um, this motherfucker comes out. Yeah, I want all the guys on this side. I want all the fucking dead on this side. Like, nobody's listening to you anymore. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Get the fuck back to your truck. And my lieutenant was there. And he's always known me to be very fucking Like level-headed and stuff. He's like, like, you're being an insubordinate. The fuck is wrong with you? He has no idea what was going on. Yeah, he was like, "Gonzo, get the fuck out of here. Go fucking smoke a cigarette. Get the fuck. I'm gonna talk to you later." They called you Gonzo. Yeah, Gonzo. Really? <clears throat> Why? <Yeah. laughs> like, where did that come from? Gonzalez. They, ah, okay, they okay. love calling me Gonzo. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I'm gonna fucking kill you myself. I'm gonna fucking kill you myself. The fuck out of my face. So everything happens, whatever. And uh, we get all the reinforcements. Everything's taken care of. And then he, he briefs me and he was like, what the fuck happened? What the fuck was that? I was like, and I told him, like, well, this motherfucker left us out to die, basically. And uh, it's true. Like, his his life was, like, in you guys' hands. And him not reacting, him freezing, like, literally your lives were in his hands. That gunner, his gunner had to literally leave his gun, which is the most casualty-producing weapon. You know, he has a fucking 7.62 machine gun. That's a, the gun, like, on top of the cars and stuff? Yeah. Like, okay. He had to leave his gun so he can get on the radio and fucking call for backup to get back wow. out. And then he had to tell the driver, yo, follow these guys so we go put some protection on these guys. Meanwhile, he was just like... And uh, later that night, we go back to our base. <sighs> he comes to my room and he's like, can I talk to you? <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck you got to say to me? Um, I'm sorry man I, I froze And You know I have a baby at home And I was like So does everybody else In your squad I'm like I'm the only one Like doesn't Only have a wife And that's about it But everybody else here Has kids You fucking selfish bastard I was like Your squad is my squad now And that's literally how, What happened Wow Like n- He lost all respect like nobody ever followed him again and stuff like that. And it's funny because I'm his friend on Facebook and like now he's like a first sergeant and he's like fucking ranger tab and he's like oh hoo, hoo, and he's high speed. But like I said, like he'll never forget that point. And like he knows that there's guys out there that know what type of guy he is. Yeah. 
then the like which he is the event? Something he has to live with for the rest of his life, and when he looks in the mirror, type of shit. Yeah, like you fucking piece of shit. That was one thing. Like, like this. That's when I, when I got into fighting, that was one of the the tactics that I used. Like, I can see when you're a fucking bitch. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I can, I can read body language. You like that out. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, you're a pussy. Get the fuck out of my face. So, damn, that sucks too. Cause, I would imagine like situations like that are kind of like necessary to like weed out weed people out kind of you know what i mean like he like you said like what like people like stop following him and stuff like that like he didn't have like the rank or the pool or or whatever that he had before <coughs> so could that situation kind of like deters him from being in charge of like too many people because he, he himself like pieced himself out from that position kind of you know i mean for that deployment but now he's like i said he's a uh, yeah, that's he's true a too. real high in ranking now because nobody knows him. Mm. He's but then in the military, like it's a very small world, and you always get to bump into the people, and I'm like, I don't know you. Yeah. Like, Did you leave fuck? me out to die yeah. one second? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mother, you a pussy. <laughs> um, but damn, like I said, there's nothing wrong with being feared. Like it's what you do with that fear. Like anybody who tells you that yo, I'm not scared of nothing, man, they're fucking bullshit. Mm. They've either never been in that situation or they're fucking straight lying. Sociopaths, to your face. <laughs> exactly, or lying. Yeah, true. exactly. So, <clears throat> so you could take it, channel it, and like aim that fear towards fucking. Yeah, I mean, it's good to freeze. A lot of people freeze. Yeah, gives you time to think. Maybe you, you can't just freeze and just stay like, there. Indefinitely, just exactly. freeze. <laughs> like, like you see these actor shooter movie um, videos, like. I think it was somewhere in, in France. It was like right after an active shooter. Uh, a generator blew up. <laughs> and they, the, 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 the camera on the streets caught the area where, fucking like, like a couple of blocks where it happened. So you boom, and you see grown men just lying on the floor and playing dead. Like, dude, is that your defense mechanism? <laughs> to Fuck. fucking play dead? <laughs> like, what does that reach? Dude, uh, like, come on, man. I just, I don't know. What would you do in a situation like that? <clears throat> and an like, look, look for the threat. Like, like, if you just hear some shit, you don't know what's happening, but you know something, you hear, like, gunshots. No, you always up. have to go to safety. Do I have my family with me? Um, am I, uh, I'm always caring, so, yes. Um, oh, yeah, true. Because now, now that's a whole other thing. Like, not, you're a cop. You're still, like you said, you're in the Army, like, as a instructor, is yes. it? Um... My bad for it depends, man. I'm not a hero. I'm not gonna fucking try to save the world. Um But like any tips for like people out there, like <clears throat> um if you're with your family, their safety is your number one priority. Don't be a fucking hero. Uh call police. Don't fucking uh, put it on fucking World Star yeah. and record it. <laughs> Get into safety and fucking run away from the gunfire. Um But you have to call and try to give as much information as possible. Like, hey, Guy with a gun, possible with a gun, and give him fucking good fucking description. Like the other day, we were looking for this fucking Puerto Rican guy with long hair, chin thing, fucking EDP suicidal. What is that EDP? Uh, emotionally disturbed person. The guy was a Guyanese guy, fucking clean cut with glasses. Hey, Diablo. Totally off, man. Totally fucking off. We spent like an hour looking for this motherfucker. So give Based clear, on the concise, fucking description, yeah. direction of, of travel, where he was going, and that's it. That's it. That's kind of easy. 
and let them like give them like that one solid breadcrumb so it could get to the next yeah. solid breadcrumb. Don't play right. dead. So. Don't play that. Yeah. Doesn't work. I don't know. <laughs> I think I think only sheep do that, right? They, fucking, they just fucking faint. That's their defense mechanism. Don't. Or like ostriches stick their head in the sand. Like I don't see you, so that means you can't see me. Yeah, come on, man. This is ridiculous. Just basically saying, "Yo, please kill me." Yeah. Oh. Yeah, true. Um, but if if I can do something about it, of course, that's that's always my number one. Like instinct, natural right? reaction, yeah. Instinct is to fucking go towards. If I'm by myself, yes, I'm. I'm not even thinking about it twice. I'm gonna call it in because you know law enforcement is the local agencies. They're there. They're there. They're trained to for that reason, and they, that's their jurisdiction. You know, fucking. True. I don't want by me going in civilian clothes. I'm only causing more of a of a hazard because they don't know who the fuck I am. True. Yeah. I don't know if you're a threat, if you're on their side. The I'm side. Like, Hold on, I'm, I'm a cop. It's not like a mo- the movies. <laughs> no. So basically, I mean, if I'm if I'm close enough to make a difference, yeah, of course I'm gonna take him out, and I'm not gonna fucking stay there and while you stab me to death. No, no. that's never gonna happen. So it would mean you're always chilling. You can always know that I will always fucking try to fight him. Yes. Take him out. <laughs> so I'll take the pictures. <laughs> World Star. World Star. <laughs> um, what was I gonna ask you? So. You're how how long have you been a cop now? <clears throat> over, over six years. Damn. Mm-hmm. It's been a minute. How how well of a background was like the whole army thing to becoming a cop? Like is it like a, as he, like to somebody from the outside looking at it is like oh he was in the army so of course he could do a cop job like he, pretty much yeah yeah <laughs> Pre- well no let me get this bit in the army uh, being an infantry in the army. It's like uh, breaking eggs with a fucking sledgehammer. Being a cop is like making an omelet. I don't know. This is a bad analogy. It basically, um, do I have my the, the I have the discipline? Um, I follow rules. Uh, law enforcement is nothing more than a paramilitary of the of the city, state, whatever it is. So it's gotcha. basically it has the same structure. You have your sergeants, you have your fucking captains, your lieutenants. And you know how to work well within a structure system. <clears throat> exactly, yes. So, yeah, erase that whole analogy I said prior. Mm-hmm. But um, but the, the reason why I brought that up is that I'm in the counterterrorism unit now. And um, uh, sometimes I, I train these guys and stuff like that. And I tell them, I show them some of my tactics that I usually learn in the military. And they're like, no, you can't do that. No, no, <laughs> no you would get sued and fired immediately. <laughs> So that's what I meant, like in the it's military. It's like the Wild Wild West, kind of <laughs> exactly. in the military. Like, 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 no, no, here you get sued. These. So that's that's that's. I guess I was like jumping ahead. I got gotcha. you. I get it though. It's like more political here, kind <laughs> yes, of. Yes, definitely. Especially now, man, being a law enforcement officer is not the cool thing to have. No. Being a criminal is better. You have more <laughs> rights. <laughs> and how is your? Like, you still do army training stuff, right? Yes. What is it? Like, the reserves? The The Army National Guard. The Army National Guard? New York Army National Guard, yeah. So, every state has a National Guard. And is it oh, is it Army affiliated? Or is it, do, yeah. do they have, like, Marines, National Guards, or whatever? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I really don't know. I, I'm pretty sure they do. But I, I don't, like, don't want to be saying, yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, I really don't know. I'm pretty sure they have something... You know, actually, um, I saw, I actually recorded a podcast about this, uh, Alexander Hamilton, the the play, Hamilton, which mm-hmm. is dope. And Hamilton actually started the National Guard and the New York Post. And the, like, he's responsible for the current, um, 
monetary system of the United States, like the financial system, like having a central bank and like all that shit. Like he did so much shit. And I learned from him, like from watching the play. Then I started like reading like a little What's bit about him name? online. Alexander Hamilton. He's on the ten dollar bill. Like, oh, the actual. Yeah, I'm thinking of this guy. Fucking, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, well, I want to look him up. I want to see. His um, name. he was like George Washington's right hand man when he was yeah, like the yeah, first yes, president. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I'm thinking this like somebody current. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so it's fucking. It was pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you do in the National Guard? Stuff? So I'm an instructor in the infantry schoolhouse. So basically we teach everything from the infantry tactics. Uh, we teach air assault. That's basically repelling from helicopters or from mm-hmm. walls and cliffs and stuff like that. And um, <clears throat> I do the combatives that we were talking about earlier, which is hand-to-hand. Um, stuff like that. So, How does that like jive like, with the cop job? Like being a cop? It's horrible. <laughs> um, like, do you have to like take a day off from job from being so, a cop and then go do the <clears throat> army thing, or do they understand? Do so, they work with you? Yeah, we don't. Uh, a lot of agencies they get to du- what they call double dip, which is basically you can get paid from both mm-hmm. employments. Uh, and Port Authority is not like that. So you get you get paid from both employments, and then they take away the lease amount. So let's say I make two hundred dollars in the Port Authority, I make hundred dollars in the Army. They'll take back Port Authority will take back a hundred dollars. Gotcha. They like match whatever the lower one is. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so and then sometimes I'm only allotted a certain amount of days a year. And because I'm an instructor, I do more days in a specific uh a random National Guard the guy does. And so I use vacation days, my own time and stuff. I have to do that. And why do you do that? Do you feel like sense of duty type of thing to do that or um like I why love- don't you just like be out and just do cop stuff well i mean uh to be honest the pension system um uh, it's uh, once you pass the 10 year mark that's when you really make the decisions like, should i stay should i not i already had a couple of years of uh, active duty and had six years of active duty and you know fucking i was like i did my my four years i was ready to 10 years i was like you know what i, I can do this and then I, I became an instructor, and I literally love training soldiers. And That's know, awesome. Because I, I see guys all the time out of nowhere, like, hey, man, you're that guy that punched me in the fucking face. <laughs> I fucking love you, man. And, like, oh, you, t- you taught me how to do this and that. And it, it's awesome. Like, it's like you're, little, you're pl- implanting little seeds and stuff like that. And, like, it all goes back to that, boot, that drill sergeant that we spoke earlier. Like if that guy's a piece of shit, like that's what the bad CD impression you're gonna give. So, true. Um, I have pride in that and stuff like that in the classes I teach and and like I teach everybody respect. I'm not that guy who's fucking. Oh. Yeah. I'm the guy who whispers in your ear. I'm, like, oh, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> you do what I say. I'm gonna kill you. Think about me when you go to sleep at night. <laughs> like 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 I said, I always like to. Um, I want you to get better. I don't want to. I don't want you to fear me or respect me. I want you to just be a better person, better soldier. Because if you're a better soldier, I'm old already, man. You're fucking. You're, you're the young buck. You're gonna be the one fighting the next war. True. I want you to be a fucking man, not a fucking. You don't want to be. You don't want them to be that guy that freezes up in the in the fucking car and locks his door. Exactly. And says, eh, "Esto no es conmigo." Exactly. So. And like you know, just like everything else, time changes. Your tactics change, and you're. You evolve, you grow. Exactly. You have to be able to um, connect with every type of personality that there is out there. Some people you can fucking chew their ass off all day, and they'll get better off it. Some guy you raise your voice and then he'll fucking shut you off. No. So <clears throat> I like that. I like that challenge. Yeah, it's true. It's like a 
it's interesting that you see it like as a challenge because like certain people you have to like figure people out like psychologically kind of and like this person reacts more like if you're a dick this person reacts more if you kill him with kindness this this guy wants to like impress you and make you proud this guy wants to show you that he's a badass right you have to like read people like differently like I, i'm the worst of the receiving compliments yeah like when guys my social like yo you're one of the best instructors i've ever had in my life <laughs> like yo get the fuck out of my face <laughs> Stop being a pussy. Yeah, like, <laughs> God damn it. But if I feel good inside, I yeah. just don't know how to reciprocate it. I, yeah. I feel like I feel fucking uncomfortable. Damn. Yeah, yeah I could imagine. I work, they're like, yo, dude, you're fucking awesome, man. I'm like, shut the fuck up, man. What's like a dick You know how I know you're gay? <laughs> like, Actually, I'm the worst at receiving compliments. I hate it. I think what, what I've heard from, from, like, advice that I've heard given to people that have said like the like similar things like keep it keep it uh keep it simple like okay thank you man i appreciate it i'm glad i'm glad you you got that i'm glad you got that takeaway thanks i appreciate it thank you you know like shit like that i remember one time fucking uh, had this puerto rican kid in national guard and uh, he was my support and he was from the bronx so his kids are mad Gully, he's like yeah. So National Guard is like part-time soldiers, basically. Yeah. So, so they're mostly civilians, but you know they have. Was uh, that two weekends a month? Yeah, well, two weeks, two weeks a, year, a year, one week in a month, stuff like that. So, I used to, I had him supporting me for one of my courses that I taught, and um, he he was a squared away soldier, very nice, fucking very disciplined, but he had the ghetto in him. You know? Yeah, I could sense that. It's cool, but like he was very professional. Except, uh, there was this other kid. He was also from the Bronx. This guy was had no discipline. So he was like taking the initiative and like squaring him away and fucking. He's they like arguing. He's like, "Why you such a piece of shit?" And the reason why was because we were doing um, explosives breaching, you know, like with the C four, and we do we use deck cords, like how to explode a door and make entry. Mm-hmm. So I'm teaching that class. Like how to put together the explosive type yeah. shit. Damn. And I'm getting I'm getting evaluated by like the we call it Tradoc. That's like the the big big dogs of like the Department of Defense, making sure that we know what, what the fuck we're doing and we're fucking. Every two three years we get evaluated. Damn. So fucking like the horse and pony show is out there. Fucking we gotta be fucking. Everybody's on point. All of a sudden, <clears throat> you it's like when the principal goes to sit inside the classroom and the exactly. teacher's like, eh. <laughs> So all of a sudden we hear a fucking boom from the the ammo shack where we keep all our fucking explosives. I'm like, uh, I mean, at the time I was briefing the guys. You know, mm-hmm. this is what this is how I run my range. This is how we do our thing. This is our my my math. This is how we do our, how much TNT we're going to use for each thing. Blah blah blah. Boom! I'm like, are we going to go to cold status? Be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking whole ass back there. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? The fucking guy who didn't have any discipline. We have MREs. You ever, Steven ever gave you an MRE? No. It's uh, it's called the meals ready to eat. In that bag, it's a little heater there that once you add water, it heats up and that's how you heat your food. But if you enclose that with the whole bag in the stove, it's like when you put alcohol sauce on a, on a on a Pepsi can or a bottle, whatever, mm-hmm. it blows up. Start like bubbling up and boom. So this motherfucker thought it would be a bright idea. To make an explosion in a fucking breaching explosive class, so that's why they were arguing. Right? Oh my god! So I got on these motherfuckers' asses, squared away, 
I explained to the guys what this was happening, whatever. And they're like, all right, continue on. We understand. Day is done. I come back. And that kid who was very fucking disciplined, he was like, I'm so sorry. I fucked up. Because all they saw was two guys fighting. Mm-hmm. They heard an explosion and then two guys are fighting. And they're like, man, you're a fucking good soldier, man. You're fucking young. You're hungry. Stuff like that. But when you do stuff like this, it's like... You could be a mountain climber. You could climb 100 mountains. But when you suck one dick, they're going to call you a dick sucker for life. They're not going to call you a mountain climber. And I said it in a kind of joking way, but he was like, Serge, I got it. Oh, my God. You're right. I don't want to be a dick sucker for life. I want to climb those mountains. I want to climb. The, I want to be known as a mountain climber. Wow. I was like, wow, this guy's going to always remember me for that. <laughs> always. Damn. And his tombstone is going to say, I'm, I'm not a dick sucker. I'm a mountain climber, bitch. Oh, man. So, yeah, like stuff like that. Like, you, you can, you, you get all these soldiers that are they're young and they're impressionable and they're hungry. Different walks of life and exactly. stuff. So, that's why I love being an instructor. That's awesome, man. You know, I, I appreciate you doing the, the podcast, man. Do you have uh, anything else you want to say? Anything else you want to add? Nah, man. Uh, nah, till next time. Thank you for having me. Definitely, man. I appreciate it. You have an open invitation to come back. I appreciate it. Thank you. How dope was that episode, folks? I hope you guys appreciated it as much as I did. In the listening back to it, I remembered while recording, and I had it like on the tip of my brain to mention it, but uh, I forgot it when uh, we were speaking about movies that are like army movies that are um, uh, fairly like realistic and that Abby likes and stuff like that I was going to mention there was actually a movie when I was younger and probably like the only time in my life that I uh, thought of and considered if you even want to call it that um, joining like the army or something it was because of this movie and it definitely wasn't one of these dope heroic war movies like Hacksaw Ridge or something like that it was Renaissance Man with Danny DeVito (laughs) and the whole thing the whole movie was pretty much about basic training and Danny DeVito is like a part-time you know like civilian teacher of this dysfunctional group of private that are pretty much like the special ed kids of the army or some shit and and it's kind of like a like a means to an end for Danny DeVito you know teaching the kids just making some money and then winds up like falling in love with the kids and really believing in what they're doing and they become good students and once that starts clicking they wind up becoming like uh, good soldiers etc etc and uh yeah that's the movie that actually made me want to join the army when I was younger for about a week so I'm definitely grateful for like true soldiers like Avi who are like really gung-ho about it and passionate about it how crazy was it too about that kid that hung himself in basic training felt bad hearing that man it fucking sucks and I'm sure that's not completely uncommon you know and that's just a testament to the type of resolve that our troops have. But yeah, folks, again, I hope you guys appreciated it. Avi, thank you very much once again 
for doing the episode and even more so for your service. For myself and the Spun Today listeners, we really appreciate it. And that's it, folks. That is episode 138 of the podcast, the Spun Today podcast to be exact. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I appreciate the fuck out of each and every one of you. What's up, folks? Tony here. I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I enjoy producing it for you. Here are a few quick ways you can help support this show. You can support the Spun Today podcast by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support. There you'll find my merch section where you can cop the iconic podcasts versus anybody t-shirt in a wide variety of different colors and all different sizes. Also, if you're into cycling, you can cop the super soft, comfortable, minimalist design Spun Today Bike Club t-shirt. Also available in a bunch of different colors and all different sizes. There are a few other designs of different types of t-shirts. Definitely go there and check it out. SpunToday.com forward slash support. It's the merch section. We can also get a dope coffee mug. I have coffee mugs with the brand new redesigned Spun Today logo on one side and the tagline that I end every show with on the other which is start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. The mug is available in both black and white because we don't discriminate here at the Spun Today podcast. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash support and check out the merch section. You can support the Spun Today podcast by checking out my writing. You can go to spuntoday.com forward slash free writing and check out some of my free association writing, which is intended to be some cathartic free writing but oftentimes doubles down as motivation for myself and others. At spuntoday.com forward slash short stories, you can read a bunch of the different short stories that I've written and actually listen to the audiobook versions of those short stories there as well. Another way you can help support my writing is by going to spuntoday.com forward slash books and checking out what I have in store for sale. Digital copies are available in all formats whether it be Kindle, iBooks, or a different type of e-reader. You can also purchase paperback copies, if that's your preferred reading method. Currently available, I have my nonfiction, Make Way For You, which is a collection of freely written thoughts that were curated and put together as tips for getting out of your own way. Also available is my debut time travel novel, titled Fractal. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash books to show your support. Support the Spun Today podcast by following me on social at Spun Today on Twitter, at Spun Today on Instagram. Please also check out and like my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Spun Today, and subscribe to my YouTube page as well. On my YouTube page, not only will you get these full length episodes, but you'll also get to check out some chopped up clips and bonus content. To get to my YouTube page, just search Spun Today on YouTube or click on any of the YouTube icons on the footer of my website. Also, don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever it is that you're listening. It really does help. The Spun Today newsletter is available to each and every one of my listeners absolutely for free. All you have to do is go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and drop in your email address. What I'm going to do is brighten up everybody's least favorite day of the week by delivering five curated things within my weekly newsletter every Monday at noon. You're going to receive a photo of the week, a recommended podcast of the week. I listen to tons of podcasts from an array of varied interests. I cherry pick the very best ones so that you can check them out. I also share a video of the week, 
which can be anything from a tasty recipe to a dope rap battle to an enlightening TED talk. I also share a quote of the week. And finally, for my fellow wordsmiths out there, a word of the week so that you can step up your vocab. Again, this curated list is yours absolutely free by going to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and dropping in your email address and you can unsubscribe at any time. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe, drop in your email address and you'll get the very next one. If you want to help support the Spun Today podcast financially, you can do so by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support. Here you'll find a few different ways that you can do so. You can shop on Amazon, but first go to my website, spuntoday.com forward slash support, click on the Amazon banner, which will take you to Amazon's website where you do your shopping like you normally do. It will not cost you anything extra, but I will get credit for driving traffic to their website. Another cool way that you can help support this show is through Patreon, where you can set up reoccurring donations to my podcast, whether it be $1 per show, $2 per show, etc. And depending on how much you choose to pledge, you will receive some Patreon perks in return. Things like free writing pieces, free bookmarks, free digital copies of my books, etc. Again, my Patreon link can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash support. You can also set up similar reoccurring payments via my Ko-fi page. And if you want to send a one-time happiness bomb donation, if you will, you can do so via my PayPal link. Again, all of which can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash support. If you're a fellow creative, a cool way that you can help support the Spun Today podcast and actually be part of the podcast is by filling out my five-question questionnaire located at spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. Here you'll find five open questions related to your craft, your art, what inspires you to create, what type of unrelated hobbies you're into, and what motivates you to get your work done. You can choose to remain anonymous or plug your website and your work. And once you submit your questionnaire, I read your responses on a future episode of the Spun Today podcast. It's completely free at no cost to you. And what I like to say about it is that if your responses could potentially spark inspiration in someone else, why not share that? SpunToday.com forward slash questionnaire. And as always, folks, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening. I love you, Aiden. I love you, Daddy. I love you, Grayson. I love you, Daddy.